Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here. It is episode number 192 here on Monday, September the 14th, 2020, here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. As always, I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. Quinn, we are counting down towards the autumn, believe it or not, the fall. Autumn? Yeah, the autumn. It'd be nice to get a little cooler out. It's already starting. It is already starting to get cool, and you know what? You know who's cool? Our fans for tuning in this week. You are like they? that one? Yes, yes they are. Super cool. They're so cool that they cut that music. <laughs> oh, right that off. was a hard cut right they, they, there. They were. Just, hear it again. Oh. Here it is. That's Let's just for it. them. Just for them. There's a fade. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for being with us here. We're ready to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We have the topics for you. Before we get to the topics, I want to remind you: if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there. Perhaps you've heard of our show from Twitter at this point. But Twitter.com. Yeah, Twitter.com. Yeah, that's website. It's, an app. it's yeah. new. Uh, and if you want to follow us there, you're going to get tons of drama-free wrestling clips over at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us, if you want to, at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But, Michael, there is another website, a different one, not yes. Twitter, where fans can talk to you or me. And not only that, hundreds upon hundreds of retro wrestling fanatics. Where is it? Yep, Facebook.com says hundreds. <laughs> it's just in the name. There's hundreds right. of fans. Only it's, hundreds. It's implied. Yeah, we don't yeah. have a thousand of fans. We haven't there, broken so. a thousand. No. Nor has Facebook. So that's like why. Yes. Because right. there's only like 800 people on Facebook or something. Right. And uh, obviously a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Exactly. And we have all the people. From we have Facebook. all the weakest we have, links. We have over all there. of Facebook <laughs> is on our group. Anyway, over there at Facebook.com slash 100, you can type in the search bar right like there's a search bar and oh you can like get a website to the group right. yes so you type in the group our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast bing bam boom tubes gore kafui and bingo you hit the join button <laughs> oh, and you're bingo? in yeah bingo oh wow plus bingo. namo facebook.com slash namo there it is and and once you join you can talk about all the wrestling and and all the stuff right yes you can quinn yeah. thank you very much for bailing me out there i'm laughing needed some bail <laughs> what bail of hay once you go over to our Facebook group, I promise if this is your first time listening, it gets better uh, as the show goes on. But once you go over to our Facebook group, you can talk to uh, a lot of people about a lot of old things about wrestling. The whole point, the whole angle, the whole impetus, the whole design is that you're just not, well, you're not what, Quinn? You're not being a dingus. You're not being a dingus, You don't okay? dingus over there. There's enough dingusry and bullshit and drama on the internet, and we try to keep it as free from that as possible. That doesn't mean don't disagree. It just means don't start making fun of each other, personal attacks being... You know what it is. You yeah, know what it is. Don't start the fire, as Billy Joel once said. <laughs> so don't do it. Just go to our Facebook group. It is a lot of fun. Just search for Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And a brief, like, bulletin plug for Patreon. Royal Rumble's out. It's been out since last week. Hop on that. Only foes. No friends. There's no... There's only... The foes. Yeah. I almost said there is foes. There's only foes. Yes. No, that's the thing. It's so, just foes. So if you want to be a foe, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast and you can check out the Royal Rumble as well. But Mr. Quinn. Yes. Mr. Quinn. 
Uh, what we have been doing this season now, this is our new thing. We hmm. have done a lot of things over the years. You know, we have been detectives. Yes. But we've also hosted a couple of game shows in our time, right? We've worn a lot of hats. We have worn so many hats. Yeah. We have talked about hats. This time around, as we count down to episode 200, which is going to be the culmination of this season, right? We wanted to thank our fans because whether you've been with us for this episode and now you're turning it off, please stop. Wait, don't turn it off yet. Or whether you've been with us for four years. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate the loyalty. We appreciate the engagement over on, on Facebook slash 100. And what we want to do is kind of take your questions, take requests from you for topics. This is a segment where we're going to take our mail. We have a giant mailbox. We're having the, the boy bring in the mail sack He's every coming. single week. There he is. Oh, oh here he is. Look. I, I see him. It's time for Ask OVP. And again, this is where we're going to take your questions, your topics each week for discussion. So if you want to be a part of that, we do have a pinned post over on Facebook. Send it in. Joe Merkel will take care of it for you. But oh boy, can you put the mail sack down, boy? Hi. <laughs> There, that's him. That's, like, that's it right there. Boy. Put the mail sack down, young man. All right, Quinn. I guess I'll get a, a letter here, a postcard out of the okay, old bucket. P- postcard. Postcard. Yeah, yeah. This and it's from Brian J. Rochester, who's not from Rochester, New York, ironically. Oh. And he, uh, just, he just, the name He just loves it. He, he just, just loves that place. Yeah, there it is. And he wants us to uh, talk about Quinn. He says, what are Joe and Michael's thoughts on wrestling Video games. Thank you, Brian. Longtime fan of the show. I have no thoughts, Quinn. Next question. No, no. <laughs> just kidding. Well, I've liked them. I don't I like them as some. much recently. No. Um, to no. say I'm just not into them as much. But however, I played tons of them. Oh, yeah. Like tons as of the games. years went by. So basically, until like merged into like every game was 2K, whatever. 2K Infinity series. Basically, basically. It's, just, it's just like oh, it's the same thing every year. We just <laughs> change the roster sometimes it's really bad like 20 was from what yeah. i understand i, I didn't there play it's it, but. weird that for a game just on the on the modern level here for yep. a game that literally all they have to do every year is just change who's in it like they that they have so, so many problems yeah. like why is it not work like <laughs> we i thought we worked this out back at like smackdown versus raw or whatever like 2006 like, the yeah. first really good one yeah uh but yeah let's get into wrestling video games for a second here brian thank you so much for that question i do like it really uh, yeah, I'm with you, Quinn. I've played a lot. I don't play them anymore, uh, partially because I don't have time to. Right. Partially because I'm not really interested in that right now. But I will say this: uh, if we roll it all the way back to the Nintendo days with the WWF, yeah, they sucked. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so the funny thing about wrestling games, right? That I have to say right off the bat, the process of getting a good wrestling game took time, especially like on a home console. Right. Because it was just. I don't know, like, they couldn't, like, capture it. I think also because when they started, like, not even, like, Street Fighter was a thing. Like, you know no, what I mean? What? Like, you're you right. Know, you, like, nobody knew what they were doing with, like, one-on-one fighting games. You're absolutely like, right. Staying within the WWF for a second here, the first one that they released uh, on the home console was WrestleMania on Nintendo. WF. WWF WrestleMania, There, there yes. was the other one where it was, like, a Japanese game. And they just put pro wrestling on it or something. There's pro wrestling for NES. There was a Tecmo pro wrestling, which is actually pretty good. There's tag team wrestling for NES, which is very bad, but well, addictive. What's also the one that got the WCW license, but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't WCW initially. That was a different game. Yeah, a Japanese game, I think. And right. then here in the US in like 90, they released it as NWA, WCW, whatever right. it was. That's Decent the most game. WCW way to enter <laughs> yeah. the game space for them. I'm not even kidding. No, like, you're for right. them to just It's like very like public domain WCW. Extremely. It's like, it's like, look at this thing that existed. Let's just 
change the names of the wrestlers. <laughs> right. it's, it's our game now. Uh, but in 89, the WWF made its home console debut, and that was with WrestleMania. Now watch me waste the Macho Man with the claims WrestleMania for the Nintendo Entertainment System. We've probably talked about it like years ago. It's from yes. Claim. It's not a good game. It's the one where there's music, though, which is kind of charming. What, what I don't... There's music, right? Like the and, and there's Strike even, Forces theme there's is in even, that. There's even pictures of the wrestlers. However, the wrestlers are like babies or something. It's poor, Like, man. I don't understand... It's a bad game. I just don't understand the choice as far as, like, the sprites. Like, you would think, right? Right, right. They could do a little bit better than that. <laughs> like, instead... Yeah. Like, they're all, like... Everyone's, like, fat and has a big butt. And there's like, no t- front rope. Andre the Giant looks more dinosaur-like. He gets ham as a power-up. I'm okay you with the, the no deal. front rope because it's 2D. How are you going to like... Well, do- I mean, they pulled off with the same amount of D later. The thing with the D <laughs> is that they didn't understand at first that like the way this has to work. Could you even like bounce off the ropes in that game? You I could, but it was very, it was very crummy. It was like very <laughs> crumbly, like weird. It's like you're the tin man yeah. or something. Uh, but then WrestleMania challenge came out in 90. It's a big upgrade. It's got the isometric view. You remember that one? Right. It's not as popular for some reason, but it's good. So I feel like, the NES stuff, it was all like, just we're figuring this shit out, oh, right? Oh, because every single one was different. There was no, there was none of the same engine or anything like right. that. But oh, this, right. Iso- so it's like Fire Pro Wrestling. It, it, or so, yes, yeah, it like, has the isometric, like, diamond-shaped how ring. How much you want to bet that that game, Joe, isn't just Fire Pro Wrestling and WF slapped themselves on top of it? You know, I'm not sure, Quinn. Because I, it looks almost exactly the same. It does. And then came the similarly named WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge in 92. Right. Now, this one, I remember actually renting for Nintendo as a kid. Now, I remember feeling like this one looked like a fucking Game Boy game or something. It does, but, right, it, it, in what, color. I don't... Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally like that one on Game Boy in yeah. color. And that one's okay. And then King of the Ring is where they're like, you know what? We're not trying anymore for Nintendo. Well, it wasn't really working out on Nintendo. They're like, you know what? Fuck all this, right? There's yes. a new system in town called Super Correct. Nintendo and Sega Genesis, right? So the trilogy uh, on Genesis and Super Nintendo is probably my most fondly remembered ones in terms right. of video games. Uh-huh. It started with the prequel, which was Super WrestleMania. Which right. So it's like, here's all these Golden Age people, right? But yeah. they're not really in the company much anymore. <laughs> it's like it's like Hulk's kind of around because it was like in 92. Sometime. Yeah, that it was 92. Out. Yeah. He was doing Mr. Nanny. So Hulk's in it. Is Macho Man? He's in it, right? He's in both Super Nintendo and uh, Genesis. Yeah. Million Dollar Man's uh-huh. in it. Yeah. There's- Sid's in one of them. Right. Natural Disasters. It's in it. Good roster. That one's a decent roster. And I think, here's the thing, is I think the reason that roster sticks out so much is simply because the other two were more the new gen era. It just seemed like, oh, look, here's the one where the golden era people are here. Right. And then here's the one where the new gen era. You're, so you're, so right. you're always like, well, we have to play Super WrestleMania at least once if we're going through it, right? Because if you want to play as Hulk Hogan, you know, and right. it's fun. Royal Rumble was a big upgrade from Super WrestleMania. Right. Better it's mechanics. Also, it's also like 1992-like, right? It's It's got a lot of people. It was released in 93, but it has a lot of 92, yeah. Yeah. And the Genesis and the Super Nintendo have differences in rosters for example hulk hogan is only in the genesis one jim duggan papa shango rick martell it's got I wonder different why people. they did that probably to make it appealing for each console owner right? do you think also it was a matter of because they didn't have the space to put as many wrestlers in right maybe but other all the wrestlers want to get royalties from the game royalty rumbles so they would Sorry. split the roster so everyone would get a piece of the action i almost feel like that's got to be part of the the choice you there. know what and that's just, not like, a bad point. Randomly picked, like it's like okay, Hulk's on the Genesis, <laughs> Shawn Michaels on Super, on Super like, right, right. whatever. Maybe Quinn. Uh, a lot of people got a piece of the pie with 1994's Rage in the Cage, which was only on Sega CD. That's that's on that engine also. Yeah, so Sega CD. 
So this is the Sega CD. It's a load of ass. Remember that? Yeah, so this, to me, was always special because this one, yeah, like you said, it had, like, weird people in it, right? Like, was Papa Shango in that one? I think he was in the, Kamala was in the Sega CD, right. Boss Man. It's like the weirdest the fucking people, like, but only on Sega CD. Yep. Nasty and, like, boys. I played the Sega CD one via emulation. Um, I put it on the console because my brother had Sega CD. Actually, he had Sega CD. Yeah, he did. I didn't so know I anybody it. who had Sega my CD. Brother. Yeah, <laughs> nobody did. fucking had that shit. Next what time you see him, ask him that? about it. Like, so <laughs> I play a lot of like retro games. Really, sometimes I think about like the Sega CD section on my emulation thing <laughs> or whatever. Because I just a yeah, long time ago I just have everything basically, oh, I so I just Quinn. keep a hard drive always handy. Believe me, I know. Um, Anyway, we don't talk about it a lot here. Yeah, but Quinn's got the stuff. Oh yeah, I got a whole deal going on. All kinds of stuff. A launch his house. box set up yeah. now. It's that's real. The, that's the new thing, so that you can you don't have to like go in the emulator menus anymore. It's right. very nice. So, but what it, were you saying about Sega CD though? The Sega CD, I feel like the only literal appeal of that system is that nobody had it, and you're like, what are all these games? It's right? A bunch like, of ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's a load of ass. There is stuff that's good on it, though. There that's is. The thing. The Sonic like, is Sonic's good on that. Good, yeah. uh, Snatcher. Like, there's a lot oh, of watch your language, pal. weird ass games on Sega CD that are good. There's, it, there's Final Fight is randomly on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a good version. It's good. Too. It's, yeah. The colors are weird. The I colors are off. I noticed but that too. It's got guy in it. So it does have, and it has two player. You mean they didn't need a separate game? Yeah. Final Fight guy. It like also on has Super two Nintendo. player. I don't know why they didn't have two player on Super Nintendo. It's like the weirdest thing. It's like here's this game that's clearly a two player <laughs> game. You can't do it on no, there. Novel concept. It's got to be Mike Hager or Cody by himself. I'm wrong, Hager though. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, the Sega CD version of that engine, Rage in the Cage, is cool because you have Finkel with all the sound bites. There's right. video. It's cool. From Cocoa Beach, Florida, weighing 234 pounds. The model, Rick Martell. You have no class, just like your fans. The final release of that engine is a raw. Yes, Super, raw. Super Nintendo Genesis 32X, which has Quang uh, for no reason. <laughs> and uh, Luna's in that Luna game. Luna Doink. That was very weird. They're, they really were like experimenting in raw. Like there's oh, like yeah. a lot of strange people in that. So with uh, cutting off of the Super Nintendo era for now, what's your favorite game from? From Super Nintendo out of the it's three. It's two things. So it's it's there's the one I played the most and there's the one that I like the most. Okay, I like the Royal Rumble the most. Do you? Because I just like the roster in that one. Raw had more stuff. Like I think you could like use the chair in the bucket. <laughs> like I know you could use the, the chair bucket. in Rumble, but you couldn't use the bucket. Yes. <laughs> there was no bucket in this bucket situation. And it, and I felt like Rumble had a lot more weird modes. Like, where you could kind of, like, yeah. turn off, like, countouts and shit like that. You could do that in Raw. It had could, the dial, it had could, the dial you, ref. I'm saying, could you do that in Royal Rumble? You do it in both. Okay. I wasn't sure. I felt like Royal Rumble had a little more restrictions just because it was, like, before. It's a little more restricted. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I think I think you're right. I like the roster better in Royal Rumble. Yes. But I like all the additional features of Raw. Right. It, if only they could just make a game where it had both, right? right. <laughs> if, if only. Yeah. It, the problem is that engine was just, like, abandoned, and they're like, uh, now it's time for WrestleMania the arcade game right. and, and in your house or which, whatever. Right. Which brings me to those two. That, the only yeah. two on that engine. WrestleMania the arcade game and in your house are similar. Uh, WrestleMania the arcade game was 95, developed in, like, 93, which is why the roster is what it is. Right. Like, Luger and Michaels with the mullet and well, all that. Well, I think that. it actually like was in the arcades in 1993, no? Like 95. 90, 90, oh, man. It I, took a while to come out. Weird. Because it's a midway joint. It is. So it's like, it's like very arcade-y, no pun, no pun intended by the name, but it's like super ridiculous. You're de-referencing a no-pointer. Open your eyes. 
It's basically a Mortal Kombat wrestling edition with right. a little NBA jam thrown in. I like that you could do like a Hadouken, but with kick, like down forward kick with Shawn Michaels, and he would like do like a combo super kick, no, like, where he, like multi-kick him. Undertaker throws the ghouls at people. I yeah. mean, it is fun. It Razor is, with the big blade. No, the bet. It's not wrestling. So I would always pick Shawn Michaels, right? The Literally the best move that is such bullshit in that fucking game. Baseball is bet. Fo- no, 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 no. It's... <laughs> forward forward kick and he'll like literally like fly across the ring and do like a fucking frankensteiner on them like you're right i know like he'll just like kind of like latch onto them like fucking alien or something (laughs) like right onto their head it's a cheap move yeah it's fun though and then uh in your house expanded upon the silliness further by having like custom sets for every wrestler now i didn't have that game because i always would see it in a magazine and i was like did this even come out? Like I, I looked fake on PlayStation like, for, and yeah, I'm Saturn. Just, I'm just saying, like when I was a kid in the EGM, I was like, this isn't real. They didn't make like this with like fucking Sid in it and shit or I whatever. It, I had it for PC. Oh my god, PC, <laughs> PC, uh, and that would do it for those two. Now we got to talk about a couple of games here. Right. You know, we can't talk about every wrestling game ever, but I think we need to talk about Quinn. Probably one of the crowning achievements of the WWF's video game culture. <laughs> WrestleFest. Oh, WrestleFest. Arcade. So WrestleFest is a weird... I love it. It's a weird thing. So I've actually played a lot of WrestleFest, right? No, my opinions have changed about it over time. Uh-oh. Not that it's bad. I just think it's got, like, the best animation. I think it, like, best captures the golden era. Oh, like, God, the way, yeah. yeah. It is nineteen. It's got the best animation. I can't say it's, like, the best wrestling engine ever or anything. No, like, it's, it's not bad. It's the fun of it, though. It's just fun because it looks so great, right? It looks it, amazing. It, it, it's a pleasure to play. Yeah. Um... And it wasn't there like a, a second version of that engine or something. I no, just, it I, is I, always, the, I always forget. It is basically the sequel to Superstars, which was from '89, right? Which was still a very that's one where you fight the Mega Bucks at the end, right? WrestleFest is where it's that's the LOD. It. Yeah, they're 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 related. They're similar, yeah. Uh, but man, they they ramped it up for WrestleFest, and a lot of people fondly remember. Now they did release like an iOS version mm-hmm. within the last ten years that was yeah, poorly uh, received. Uh, uh, Touch gaming is like a little. We don't played, do that here. I've played some good ones recently. Like I feel like they're getting Flappy Bird better no, at it. Like I just mean like real games know, that aren't Quinn. bullshit on your phone. I know. But like when Crossy they made, Road, yeah, Crossy Road's good. Anyway, when they when, <laughs> when they made WrestleFest, it wasn't during that time. They were just like, we just got to get everything oh, yeah, over on the phone. Fuck it, if the controls matter. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? They didn't even care. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Let's move on to another one that I also have to mention, okay? Right. Have to absolutely mention. It's not WWF. It's one of my fondly remembered games. You and I played a lot of it, too, on emulation. Saturday Night Slam Masters. Yes, Capcom. Saturday Night Slam Master, Just not WF at all or WW. It's just like, here's Capcom. Remember Mike Hager where we like said for three seconds in Final Fight that he was a wrestler? Well, let's make a whole like prequel game where it's, it's like, this is during his career or something. It's like, based on that. Yeah, it's, it's real. It's all real. Or that he came out of retirement. One or the other. I don't no, remember the backstory. It's a prequel. There's a lot of weird people in there. And that game controls odd. Like, I, I will say, it's like, we're coming out of, like, wrestling games where it's, like, grapple-based, this is, like, no, it's, striking. like, it's, like, striking more, and it's very weird. But I love it, whether it's playing the arcade version on emulation, or whether it's the Super Nintendo version, or the yeah. Genesis I've played, too. That is a fun game. If you haven't tried that in your an emulation aficionado, check out Saturday Night Slam Masters, man. It is fun. By the way, emulation, just if you're curious, is, like, if you don't know about it, it's, like, super easy nowadays. Like, literally, oh, you God, just download yeah. RetroArch. 
everyone uses it and it just you get everything you need from there in case you're curious it ain't like 1998 where yeah. i'm downloading fucking nesticle and yeah. you know it's seriously you literally get one program and it says like what emulator do you want right like what system or whatever it's so streamlined yeah, now. yeah it's just like and you just hit it it's like what rom do you want to play yeah. and then it just does it it's really good it's folks. very good uh but yeah so saturday night slam masters and i guess let's talk about the the more modern stuff did you like because i didn't the Warzone attitude that hated it, yeah, that horrible, shit. right? So my whole backstory with this is like I played like what's the it's the first one the first one was Warzone, right? That's yeah. with the Ahmed Doobie Doobie Boy on it. Yeah, right? Yes. Like so I played that, right? Yep. And I remember thinking the the big appeal of that game, right, was mm-hmm. the cause. The, the, yeah, the it, cause. It was the first game create that really like had create a wrestler like it was like a big part of it, right? Yes. And so it was cool to play around with that. But the game sucked ass. Like the the <laughs> wrestling was bad, right? And so then they this fucking bullshit at GameStop. I remember this, right? Yeah. So like, I get the GameStop man. He's like, "Yo, like WF's making the second one. It's called Attitude, and like they're gonna fix the wrestling. It's gonna be like so much better, right? Oh like, yeah, that's what but happened. You're gonna still be able to make the cause. And I said, "Okay, well I gotta get that." And I remember reserving this game, and it got like delayed like a hundred times. Like I, I've never. Pre-ordered a game that got delayed so much. I remember it was supposed to come out in May of 99, then it was July, then it was August. It took forever. And so here's the funniest part about this game is that literally I remember like there was a point in my life where I would call like EB games like every single day. (laughs) EB games. What the fuck do you want? Do you have attitude? Like I pre- like, do you have it? Right. Like, because no, like, no. we, I bought it already. I just, I yeah, I did go the same. Pick, I got to pick it up, I did the right? Same. Like, where is it? Yep. And I just remember calling and finally just dropped. I feel like in like August or yeah. something, like weirdly, and right at the end of the summer, I can take this fucking game home and it sucks so much ass. It's like worse than Warzone it- somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like it either. I didn't like that you had to do a Hadouken to do like a punch. Do you like like driving a truck to control a wrestler? Because that's what this is. Like, it, it just fe- it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, it's just it's very bizarre. It was, game. and then ECW actually picked up the engine for it, Hardcore Revolution. Well, they got the, that's because they couldn't afford. Yeah, like they were <laughs> that engine failed so hard that it like got downgraded. <laughs> to EC- Even WCW was like, we don't need this. We shit. don't need this shit. Yeah. One more shout out would be the WCW engine that WWF picked up. Right. I'm talking about uh, NW. WO, uh, WCW World Tour Revenge, which yes. was an amazing game. Yes. And then uh, WWF's No Mercy in WrestleMania 2000. So I remember Love liking them. this engine and being first actually exposed to it at camp. And this is a weird re- This is a weird you story. Camp. This was so I had an N64 at first, right? Yeah. And everyone associates these kind of games with N64. But honestly, I played this engine first on the WCW vs. the World on PlayStation. Yeah, 97 it came out, I think, or 6. Yeah, it was, like, out before it was. the N64 ones. Yes, it was. And so, like, I remember playing this, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. I wish, like, they had this on N64, right? And, and then, then like, did. they eventually did. And what's funny is that engine kind of became, like, locked into, like, no, this is how N64 wrestling is. And it was so much better than what oh, WWF was doing was on PlayStation. Good. It was amazing. It was so good that, like, WF, like, had to, like... They took it. They were, like, once they became bigger than WCW, they're like, fuck this shit, WrestleMania this. 2000, and then No Mercy, and all that. And it was also better than what WCW was doing on PlayStation with Nitro. 
So and yeah, then it was weird. Like, that was it, shitty too. It was like WCW reverted into that more like Warzone style, like crummy. Yeah, <laughs> just crummy. I mean, the one cool thing about that game was is if you hit, I think, like Square, like on the wrestler select, they would like cut a promo, and it wasn't like Ahmed Johnson. It was like actually decent. They were funny. Step in the ring with the greatest technical wrestler in the history of the WCW. You know, I thought I could play a good video game. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basically that. Pick me, and I'll, I'll, I'll win. I'll take you to the top. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Overall, I mean, we can't again. We can't go into every single game. Obviously, it all reverted into like SmackDown versus Raw, right. or like SmackDown in general. Like, First SmackDown. Basically, that's like the the genesis of every wrestling yeah. game now. And uh, my favorites, depending on console, depending on era, would be yeah the. The Royal Rumble Raw, as far as the home consoles, I really like those. Mm-hmm. I love WrestleFest, and I really like the um, the SmackDown versus Raw engine. I think personally, yeah, SmackDown. I the SmackDown Two is like one of my favorites of all time. The very arcadey style. So, one, I yeah. love SmackDown Two, and honestly, I got the most fun out of it. It's probably cut between the two, but WCW versus NW Revenge, like Revenge the second is one, incredible, and yeah. um. W, WrestleMania 2000 because by no mercy I kind of didn't care as much because like they did this already like this is like the fourth time or whatever like <laughs> yeah you're one of you're one of the few in the minority that prefers WrestleMania 2000 I and like no mercy. no mercy I just yeah. it, like I didn't play it as much because I was like well they did this already right. like this is like the fourth game like this <laughs> it was you're right yeah so I understand that but Brian that's a great question uh hopefully some of you gamer fans appreciated this one or wrestling fans in general and you can let us know your thoughts on your favorite or least favorite wrestling video games. Do that on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it is a new flush, which means the tank is fresh. We're going to be pulling two names out of the tank to find out where they rank as we kick off the Royal Flush of Factions. And that'll be coming up right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Step into the ring with the hottest WWF superstars like Hulk Hogan and Bret the Hitman Hart. Body slamming WrestleMania action is now on all video game systems. It's WCW Nitro. Official PlayStation magazine says it captures all of the insanity of cable's most watched program. Featuring over 35 of your favorite WCW and NWO superstars. One and two player tag team action and secret run-in characters all on Sony PlayStation. It's WCW Nitro. Call 1-800-WCW-8681 or send $49.95 plus shipping and handling to the address on your screen. Also available wherever video games are sold. And now, back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 192, and it is Monday, September the 14th, and Quinn has not sneaked off to play uh, Revenge. He's still right I'm, here. I'm here. You should have. Um, I could have. <laughs> you could have. There, there was time. Yeah, I know. There was time. While you were getting that seltzer. Yeah, I was getting you a seltzer there. I'll tell you what, folks. If you want to get your hands on something, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, the reason you might want to do this before you grunt and groan about it is if you like OVP, uh, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash OVP podcast where we have $5 is the max tier. 
five. That's it. Yeah. And it's focused on content, not rewards necessarily, not, you know, shout outs or things like that, but content. Meaning if you sign up for five bucks, you're going to get bi-weekly 1983 reviews. You're going to get weekly raw content, a back archive of shows. There's hundreds of things. Literally. Yeah. And every single month you get the latest pay-per-view review. Right now we're at Royal Rumble 91. It is out now. Meaning if you sign up right now, what you're going to do is go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, click the $5 tier. You don't even have to pay until October 1st. Right. It's a pro tip, a hot tip for you. It's a hot tip. You can just peruse the content. Peruse it. And you're going to unlock every pay-per-view review all the way back to WrestleMania 1. You can put it into any podcast app that you would normally use pretty much. Get your own RSS link. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Again, we're not begging for your money. It's more of look. If you like us and you want to support us, we'll appreciate you that. You just get extra stuff. And you get a yeah. lot of extra stuff. And those that have signed up seem to really like it. Maybe you will too. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, Michael. Yes. As we have mentioned, we have a new tank. Yes. New tank of dump. New over fresh here. tank of dump. And we got 10 names in there. And what those names are, it's the Royal Flush of Stables or Factions in Wrestling. Now, what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Well, glad you asked that. Every season... Before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. It could be anything. For this time, it was stables, factions, and wrestling. Now, our good friend of the show, our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, will take all of your votes over on Facebook. He will put them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. That way, by the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive, scientifically ranked, undisputed, non-argumentative, non-GMO, USDA-certified organic and healthy, best and worst stables of all time. And Quinn, we started with the best last week for mm-hmm. the Royal Rankings. We did. This is the flush. This means the worst stables that you could possibly imagine. Horrible. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. dreadful. Yeah. Now, I want to remind you, it is a random drawing, and I also want to remind you, we don't vote, we just rank. So these 10 names that are floating around in the tank right now, we're going to pull out two today. We're going to rank them. You guys voted, and if you want to be in on the voting, maybe you missed out. Next season, Facebook group, just do it. So, Quinn, we have talked about what makes a good stable. You know, memorability, they they have good storylines, they do things for the company. Maybe it helps get other wrestlers over. Mm -hmm. What would you say makes a bad stable? One that um, simply exists and does nothing. (laughs) Right. And just is so... They're just counterproductive to everything. They're just annoying when they're involved in angles because they don't make an impact on anything. Counterproductive. Like, look, look at all these people. They they suck. Yeah, like you know, like right. what, then why are why are they together? Right. You're just it's trotting like, out a bunch of losers, yeah, right? Basically, they never do anything that matters. They don't yeah. get anyone over. It might be a detriment to someone's career Sometimes to be they involved. Just, it feels like they just exist so that like they the company at that point in time can say they have a stable, right? And just so that they could like. I don't know, have a force that the face, some like face has to overcome. It might not even be the biggest face. It's just or the uh, biggest face. force. It's just yeah. shitty. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, you know what? We're going to find out who drew number one and two in a bit. But before we do that, we have to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal I give you the ringmaster! And face the D-O-F! The corporate ministry! The new blood gonna shed some new blood here! The oddity's here, and it's a Kurgan who's about seven feet tall. 
understand your reactions to the right to censor. Hey, shit, I suck. The royal flush, my son. There it is. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. So this is again, folks. Can we? we wait, let's all right. It's we, a little flushy. This is long. This eh? is a long toilet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, it's stable, so there's more people to, That's true. to shit on. <laughs> That's yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're gonna be pulling out the first one out of the tag in a second here. It's gonna get. It's going to get stinky around here very soon, Mike Quinn. Very quickly. There's very a lot quickly. of bad, bad stables. That's that's something wrestling's good at. <laughs> yeah. like, there you they, go. they know how to find bad stables. <laughs> hey, let's all find out now. Let's get down to the fence and find out who drew number one. Taylor made for number one. It's the million dollar corporation. How did of they draw number one? It's insane. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, they're uh, so bad. They really are. You know what's surprising too is because Ted DiBiase is one half of the greatest tag team of all right, time. You would think building a stable should be, you should know, be second nature, right? right? Uh, but no, the million dollar corporation, WWF's almost two year uh, <sighs> experiment with having DiBiase be the lead heel manager. It's horrible. Why did they do this? Like, it's just DBOS is a downgrade. Everyone in it is dump. It, like it's seriously, no, it's nobody that matters, or at least matters yet. No, so you're you, absolutely you know what I mean? right. Like one or the other. Yep. Uh, let's uh, get into the genesis of it, shall we? It's not hard, but it's a uh, it's a long road, my friend. So DBOS mm-hmm. had retired in the uh, spring, or excuse me, in the fall of 1993. Returned as a commentator, Royal Rumble '94. And then started poking around making appearances after WrestleMania. Yeah, and as we know with the Ted DiBiase character, he's always got to have his fingers and everything, even when he's like not wrestling. Oh, yeah. You know, like he's always up to something. So they always book him in such a way where it's like, no, he's like controlling everything somehow, even from like the commentator desk. And pretty much what happened is he became an announcer, but right around that same time, Nikolai Volkov had started showing up again. Why? Did we need that in 1994? (laughs) Was that necessary? No. And uh, apparently, I guess it was that he had fallen on some hard times and his one suit and his haircut. I really think that just because he really did own one suit and they said, we can make something out of this. Like, we can act like he's poor. Yeah. So, DiBiase being the big philanthropist that he is, obviously, he bought him. You know, he he funded him. I had special made for you a new outfit. That's right. It's going to come out of your pay, of course. He made him wrestle in a tuxedo shirt, kind of. And yes, like it his, said, his trunk said property of million dollar corporation or whatever they said. He became nickel and dime Volkoff right. rather than dollar signs on his trunks. Uncle Pennyback. So yes. here's my favorite part. That That's literally my favorite part about this Nikolai Volkov thing is yep. that it said cents on his boots instead of dollar oh, sign. It's very good. Instead of the sickle, yeah. you know, for him to. It's really, really funny. It actually. was kind of funny. It yeah. was a little creative. Uh, he sucked, obviously, but that was the point. I mean, he had always sucked for quite a bit. So. Right. And then shortly after King of the Ring, he picks up Bam Bam Bigelow. So it's like, okay, this actually is a... Bam Bam's reputable. Right. So Bam Bam, at that point, he actually like made it seem like it wasn't a piece of shit. Because However, he was serious. He was as, a serious wrestler. I feel like as soon as he joined, Bam Bam was like dragged down to the <laughs> yeah. shits with it. Like, Well, because here's why, right? We bring in the fake Undertaker. So this. This. Now, we all know about the fake Undertaker. Don't forget uh, Ted DiBiase's druids as well. <laughs> They're part of it. They're it's part it's of the listed it's on, on Wikipedia, so it's official. He has his own druids. Yes. It's real. So he brings in his uh, druids. He brings in his Undertaker, which is Brian Lee. What I never understood about this, though, Quinn. Yes. 
what was he hoping to accomplish? Because Paul Bearer knows it's not the real Undertaker. So I always got the impression that the idea was like literally it's a cash grab by Ted DiBiase. He's like, oh, I can just get all the Undertaker like purse money and all that shit. And but who was him? Like, right? It's like I, I have the Undertaker now. Once you establish, hey, that's not really him, which they did very early on, right? Who? What's the point? Like, who are they fooling? Okay, I never so understood. It, even it, though I loved okay, it as a kid, a little other part of it was is like he has magic. If he's not the Undertaker, how does he have said magic? He doesn't right? have magic, does he? He? Could, he could turn the lights off and shit. Oh, true. Maybe DiBiase yeah. bought the lighting guy to do it. He could have. It could have all Quinn, been tricks. That's or all it is. It would have been funny if there was literally like a segment where like they catch DiBiase behind the scenes and he's like, "How do we make it look like like you know <laughs> he what has I mean? like, like IRS turning the lights on, right? Or like <laughs> it's just like he's like hiring like special effects people yeah. or something. It's like, like that would be good. All, see, and it all is there just to say like, you no, know, when the Undertaker does it, it's real. Right. Like when Brian Lee does it, it's it's it, all like it's just some guy. It's just some guy, yeah. We we don't need to recap the entire under faker thing, but right. in the meantime, he also brought on IRS who was wrestling singles. He brought in his old tag partner. Right. That, One that half seemed, of the best. That seemed like it should have just that should have that's been natural. how it started. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't. It was yeah. weird. Uh, he teams up with Bigelow right. uh, a bit. And then the big turn happens, that hot feud at SummerSlam 94. Right. One of my first angles I ever saw as a kid <laughs> is when Lex Luger is turned on by Tatanka uh-huh. and the Native American has now sold out and he is part of Teddy Biasi. It was a setup! Look at that! It was a setup! Wait a minute! And at first it's like, okay, heal Tatanka, we can do something with this. What, the thing that they I didn't don't like do anything about it with is this. it's like, first of all, they went very stereotypical with it. Native American, like, casino things or whatever, <laughs> it, it like, was Mohegan Sun, whatever. It, it was like, kind of mentioned. Yeah, like, they that that's, like, how they justified, like, well, why would Tatanka, like, join this shit, right? See, what I what I never liked is that instead of having him, like, be a heel, they just made his tights brown. But he yeah, didn't do anything. Yeah, and his hair was, like, dumpier was, or something. Like, he, didn't wet. Ha- he didn't have the red no, streak he didn't have, anymore. It was, like, it was always perpetually varnished. Yeah. And it was just, like, that he got the life sucked out of him as a heel and right as a result the corporation now once you start adding people to it it just <sighs> seems shitty like the, you know who they added next the returned for no reason king kong bundy With eyebrows now <laughs> yeah. which was very as a kid i was like is that really is this the second king kong like i wasn't sure no i know because he had the brows yeah now, you know what sucks why this is where the corporation starting with the under faker right has nearly a year-long feud with The Undertaker. They're like the fucking Dungeon of Doom of WF. It's like all these old people. They're worse. Yeah. <laughs> and they're worse. They're, they're somehow worse. You're right. Um. So we bring in this newcomer. We get vignettes <laughs> for this new guy named Kama, right? right. Oh, he, he knows karate or yeah, whatever. He like, knows like the martial arts, but like the street martial MMA. arts or something. Yeah, but it's we didn't know what that was. early MMA. But we didn't know what that was yet. Right. And, okay. I, and I think I've said this before, but I thought this was cool as shit. Yes, he ended up too. sucking, which was well, so frustrating because right. I was like, this is awesome. He's got like the fighting boots and the shin guards and stuff. Right. Like, he's like, he looks like a badass. I'm the toughest man to ever put on a pair of gloves. One of the problems was as soon as he debuts, like two weeks later, whatever it is, I'm, I'm improvising, but it's really quick. DBS is like, ha ha, I bought him. Right. So like he wasn't ever on his own. It was like two weeks of and him being his own establish thing. anything. And right. basically the only point of him was so that, like, they could burn the urn down. Because they have to feud with The Undertaker fucking forever. All of 95. Like, after, like, King Kong Bundy failed, it's like, let's say Kama to do it. Like, Like, it's real. So, yeah, now that we have our corporation set, like, that's the the stable. 
So let's recap the Undertaker feud now as part of that, because that's like their big highlight. Well, it starts with Fake Taker. It starts so it's with like fake from the Taker. beginning, basically. You got Fake Taker. Then it's Survivor Series. Undertaker has to like deal with Yoko. But during that, Chuck Norris is there. This is all real. And Bam Bam Bigelow and Bundy wander out. And Chuck Norris is like, oh. And then... Uh, Doesn't he do karate on them Only on Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Well, that's okay. I'd kick Jeff Jarrett too if that's, I was Chuck Norris. That's fine with that. But see, Bundy and, uh, and Bigelow are a distraction. Because as they're... Staring at Chuck Norris, IRS wanders in through the crowd and chokes the Undertaker. What is their problem with the under? It's like it's literally like their existence. And is they they started the this. Yeah, they're like, I have a fake version of you, and he's like, No, you don't. And right. then like, now they're like, No, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, what? It's a dumb feud. So then Undertaker has to deal with IRS at Royal Rumble, yep. and then like Bundy at WrestleMania with mm-hmm. the umpire. Oh God! <laughs> the oh, I forgot the umpire because special enforcer. <laughs> this is not. This is too big for Earl Hebner or whatever. We got to get the fucking um from baseball that's not playing. What's the point of that? Yeah. It's because so, they just baseball. They were just. You know that's Vince being like, look, we're we're still in season. <laughs> Fuck them. Like you know, it is. It's totally that. Like it's still like the carryover from like the, the strike, Abe, the Abe Knuckleball Schwartz thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Remember the fucking ads with Todd? It's like WF. We care about our fans. Unlike baseball. Like remember? <laughs> remember? It's real. The World Wrestling Federation. Our season never ends. So then he's got to deal with Bundy. He does defeat Bundy, but then Kama steals the urn, melts it down into a chain. And this goes on all summer. All summer until finally they like pass off the Undertaker to Mabel. Honestly, that chain shit, that Joe went on for so long that I forgot that the chain was even the urn. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, that's where that came from. I totally forgot. Because it it went on for, like, six months or something. (laughs) It is. It's really long. Yeah. And that is, like, their big arc. And it's literally, like, a year. And it's, seriously, it's so terrible. But see, here's the thing. It's not just that, right? So, in the spring of 1995, Teddy Biasi's all pissed off at Bam Bam for losing to Lawrence Taylor. Right. So it's like a big humiliation, right? Right. And then Bam Bam becomes big friends with fucking Big Daddy dingus over there big daddy diesel and uh, the heart, champion heartbreak sean once yeah. he turns face right but here's the thing is that dibiase has a new like centerpiece no more bigelow right it's the worst iteration of sid right so sid is just coming off of um he he powerbombed sean went to play softball and then he came back as like as like i'm in the million dollar corporation Horrible. and so this works out nicely for them though because if you think about it sid's got existing beef with hbk yes fucking Diesel and, Diesel and Bam Bam are friends, yep. and Bam Bam's, you know, DBS has beef there right. with them, so it's like, I'm going to direct Sid against Sean's friend, yes. Diesel, like, which so is, it all works. Which is exactly what they did, leading to some really bad matches, yeah. in, all, in all seriousness, between Diesel and Sid, and then the King of the Ring main event that I always make fun of, where it's Diesel and Bam Bam versus Sid and Tatanka. Tatanka! So weird. And, this and then can, and then later on during all this, there's more like click involvement as yes. like one, two, three kid like turns, turns on, on Razor. Razor. He joins the corporation. Yes. Right? So we've got Sid and the kid are like now the new centerpiece team. And like they're phasing out Tatanka and Kama well, off they, TV they're by horrible. then. They're, they're, they're horrible. They're, the thing is, it, they, is they convert to more horrible because then the kid goes on this crybaby. Like, to me, the crybaby thing is his entire fucking run in the Million Dollar Corporation. It's like... It's from like October of 95 until... Chico, you are a baby. Yeah. And I beat you, baby. And that- You're gonna... It, you know what, baby? You're gonna be such a baby that at the end of the match, we're gonna put a diaper on you. And this all happens. It's all real. There's <laughs> it's a big real. bottle. Like, it's February awful. February 96 in your house. 
Uh, so at this point, let's set the stage for early 96 because we're just about done with the corporation, okay? Right. So January 96, right? Wait, did we forget Leaves- Xanta? Oh, I'm sorry. You yeah, know what? we can't jump there. Let's go back to December because Xanta Claus... Fucking Santa Claus, Quinn. Right, which is, who is this again? Balls Mahoney. Balls Mahoney with the Santa outfit on. Yes, and he's from the South Pole. New member of the corporation. They're so good. Does Vince not realize, I know it's supposed to be like opposites and everything, right? Like he's Santa, he's got the black beard and the thing, but does Vince not know the South Pole is also cold? Like, shouldn't he have been from the equator? No, no, no. it's, It's more opposite if it's the opposite pole. Like, it's like, because that makes him similar enough, because you have to have a way to make him look like Santa, right? So he's got to be wearing something warm. Oh, yeah, this is serious. We need yeah. to make sure it's logical. You're yeah, right. Exactly. I'm sorry. So it's got to be the opposite. Okay, South no, you're Pole. right. I apologize. This is very it, intricate. It can still be cold. It just has to be the opposite cold. Now, there's only penguins on the South Pole. He should have come out with a penguin. Oh, that would have been good. They don't have them Imagine in the if they could, like, get, a get an actual penguin to you come. You can. Just ask Aren't the they, like, mean or something, though? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I, I forget. Like, I one. remember... No, I just remember reading somewhere that, like, penguins, they're not, like, friendly animals. I don't they're just, think like, a lot of birds are. And penguins are like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like... It's like, Most- I'm, I'm supposed to be in the polls. Like, why Why did you bring me here? Like, you know what I why mean? Why am I in New York? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, no, most animals want to be left alone, from what right. I understand. <laughs> but if you see That's them out the in the wild... on that. Yeah. yeah. If you see them in the wild, they want to be there, usually. Uh-huh. They don't want you to fuck with them. It's true. They're doing their own thing. Like, I don't want you to come up to me and fuck with me. And then, like, put me in a cage and then just, like... You let me out in, like, New York City or something. Yeah, not it's cool. Like, but what? But anyway, back to Santa Claus. I don't I don't know why. It, right. I don't know why they did it, I mean. It's, it's, even, even from a kayfabe point of view, I don't me, know why. it's just the next logical step of Santa, Bret Hart, and, like, all the other Stop. shit at Survivor Series they always do with a fake snow. You know, I could have had a good match against Balls Mahoney. Yeah. So we get to uh, January 96 now. And Erwin Archdicer, long gone. Good. King Kong Bundy, long gone. Good. Nikolai Volkov, long gone. Pretty much this whole stupid shit is falling apart, right? right. Kama, Tatanka, phased out and kind of gone. And we've got Sid and the kid, but Sid uh, gets injured, kind of uh, just takes off for like nine more months, seven months, whatever it As is. As usual. As usual. We have a new member, the new crown jewel, Quinn, right. of the corporation, which is down to just one, two, three kid and this man. <laughs> The ringmaster, Steve Austin. So it's Steve Austin, and he's um, on the Brother Love show. He's yes. crowned the uh, new million-dollar champion. Yeah. And may I note, this is um, the one and only championship that this this whole million-dollar corporation <laughs> produced, by the way. The, the one that DiBiase had made to begin with. Right, yes. It's the only belt they ever had. It's <laughs> like right. It's on their wiki page. Like, Losers. It's like championship and accomplishments, million dollars at one time. Embarrassing. That's it. So Austin, as we all know, we know the story of Austin. He doesn't do anything as the ringmaster. Gets renamed Stone Cold by March and has a good feud with Savio Vega. Right. And that's about it. I mean, they feud until May and that he's at this point the only person left because Kid leaves in April or May around. It's not much of a stable time. as much as it's just this is who DiBiase is yep. managing now. We put our manager on the line here in uh, Beware of Dog 2, remember, in a strap match. Wow. Beware of Dog too. What a what a prolific paper <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Where Austin says if he loses, uh, DiBiase will leave or whatever. DiBiase says that. Good. And Austin's like, you know what? I lost on purpose. That's what yeah, he says after. It's funny. It's a good way to retcon it, <laughs> right? Like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm just going to blow the match. This feud's going to go on forever anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. And that does it for DiBiase. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about what made it good or bad, which is actually all bad uh, when we get to ranking. But I will say one thing. It really is legitimately a terrible stable. It's awful. It's not like ironically funny or good. No, I, no. If, if you like it, you like it. But what my question would be to you is, what is there to like? It's a misuse of Ted DiBiase too to like bad manager. 
Well, it just makes him like this is what makes him a bad manager, right? Like, yeah. like if they booked it right, like why didn't he? Why didn't they ever win? Like why? Like you know what I mean? Like why? <laughs> yeah. Why are they such big losers? Like Teddy Bias? Like it's it's like they squandered. Like Teddy Bias is supposed to be like a mainline character who doesn't you know ever fail. He really rarely ever fails unless it's like the peak of a storyline, right? Like with Virgil. It's and stuff very like that. strange it's, that they would like just make him such a big fucking loser for like two years straight. The whole stable was just a bunch of bumbling idiots, right? They really were like, comma. He should be good, but he wasn't. And Sid, in theory, is supposed to like fix everything. Terrible. But like he's 95. bad. Yeah. It's the only time Sid's bad in the WWF too. It's weird. He's yeah. great in 91 and 92. He's great in 96 and 97. Yeah. But here he's just terrible. Bad stable. And uh, we'll talk about more about why, I guess, when we get to ranking time. But Quinn, I think it is time to find out who drew number two, if you're ready. Sure. All right, let's go down to the fans and find out who drew number two. Mírame los ojos cuando digas mi nombre. No me confrontes si no eres un hombre. That's ah, numero dos, Los Periquas. There they are, Los Periquas. I can never say their name. That's okay. I, I'm very bad at it. You don't I can't pronounce be, it very okay. well. okay, you're very English. Yeah. Uh, now, Los Periquas, I don't want to... Here's the thing. <laughs> right. I think the main reason people think about them and roll their eyes and think about DOA is because the the gang wars were they felt endless all of the, every team involved was bad right like it was just it was a bunch of junk fighting each other but if you look at the individuals involved in some of it it's not all entirely crappy but they're not it wasn't a good state here's the thing as a stable they're horrible right like everyone in it not bad wrestlers no you know they're they're fine they're all fine wrestlers I think it dragged down all these people like that's the thing and, and to be I mean, there was, like, wasn't... Who's the one that I've never even heard? Was it Jesus? Jesus I was Castillo. like, who the hell is that? He's the most indescript one, as yeah. you would say, Quinn. I was just like, I've never heard of this guy. Well, let's talk about it, right? So when we talked about the Nation of Domination last week, we mentioned how right. Savio Vega was a member of it until June of 97, when Farouk is like, you know what? Fuck you and crush. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. He's like, this sucks. Is Farouk it, is like, this all sucks. This needs to be, this needs to, we got to take it down to nothing. Right. right. We need to rebuild this corporate, <laughs> or, or this, this domination. This, this domination, yes. So he kicked out everyone except D'Lo, which right. turned out to be a wise move. I so, can't even believe keeping D'Lo ended up being a wise move. Right? You wouldn't think D'Lo is just like a goon that stands around. Really, like an unnamed goon for the most part. Yeah. But, uh, so Savio is like, hey, what the fuck? I, I joined you. I turned my back on the fans for you. Right. So I'm going to get my friends now out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, that are also wrestlers. But I saw his friends were Razor and Ramon. Like, <laughs> it, that's how he was introduced. That's true. Uh, now, I think Miguel Perez Jr. had been there before. I distinctly remember seeing when? him as like a face hairy wrestler. What? He was there. So he was the hairy guy, right? Yeah, Miguel Perez is the hairy guy. So That's he, the only way I remember him. We get Miguel Perez Jr., who, yeah, I'm pretty sure was <laughs> there previously, but either way, he uh, he's an established wrestler in his own element, which was not WWF, Miguel obviously. the Animal Steel over but, here. Stop it. But he, was he, the, he, looked, <laughs> he was just George Steele with the fuzzy. He the is fuzzy. not George Steele. It's very right. fuzzy. Uh, but he was in other places. And um, Puerto Rico and elsewhere. Right. We also get Jose Estrada... 
Which would have been awesome if it was senior, but it's if it, junior. If it was senior, I w- this would have been like infinitely better. <laughs> right. like, could you imagine? Like it's like finally my revenge, right? Like, would have been like, great. <laughs> imagine if like they somehow pulled out Johnny Rods as the manager <laughs> and like the whole faction shit at all. Dude. How old was Mac? He couldn't have been that old by this point. Mac was like 38 or something. Like, he could have <laughs> totally been in this. Like, why didn't they get him? Imagine Mac there and then, like, Johnny Rods is, like, their manager. That would have been amazing. This would... We're booking this better than they did. It's like, true. The, oh, my God. It would have been incredible. But like, we, a lot of people would have been confused, but not for long, because yeah. they, they would have, like, kicked some ass. It would have been great. They, this was... It would have also been during an era where people who could actually wrestle get over. True. Good point. So it's like, Good yeah, point. if they brought these people in... To be part of the Los Barrigos with Savio was great. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, Jose Estrada Jr., uh, who was also from Puerto Rico, World Wrestling Council, that one. Right. He had actually teamed with his dad down there in the Super Medicos team. When? Which, in uh, the 90s? Before this, yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, he comes in, and then we also have, uh, like we said, Jesus Castillo, another wrestler who, not a big name, obviously, but he was down there in World Wrestling Council. These are the only members, so there's no like people in and out or anything. Yes. I do think one important aspect of this, especially in like the the nineties, like for the time, I think it was a breakthrough to have um Hispanic Americans like in like yeah. a stable. No, like cool. it was actually like that was cool, right? Yes. It's like I, I, I totally dig that. Yes. Um but the way they applied it was just they were well, they were like nobodies. It was a very on the nose gang war thing. Yeah, because you know I guess they were trying to invoke or evoke the Latin Kings maybe or yeah. one of the, a gang a street gang right. And then with the DOA, you clearly have like the white supremacist biker leanings. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, that's they, what they were they doing. So here's the thing: is I didn't see them. They weren't captured to a kid as like white supremacy they were just like oh it's like a biker gang yeah, or whatever no, like, that's, I know. that's all i saw them as like a vague well, me like too. they ride bikes but i was 11 yeah you know, so i didn't I really didn't know, i didn't know any of the stuff going on there so i had no idea and as a result this one worst feud of the year from the observer even not that right. i put a lot of stock into him and his readers but i mean yeah. shit it was I mean, a bad they feud. leaned on all these things from the real world which was well and on one end i have to give them credit for like trying yeah like to have like you know, the Nation of Domination, like the Black Panthers or whatever they are. Whatever, right? the Nation of like Islam the, mix, yes. Yeah, Nation of Islam or whatever. And then you got you got the the bikers who are kind of like the Hell's Angels or whatever. Yes. And, then, and then you got the Los Bariquas who are the... the they're Puerto like, Rican. The, That's all yeah, they are. They're Puerto Rican. They're just a Puerto Rican yeah. street gang. That's like right. what they're going for. I'm not right. saying that. That's so, what they did. But they leaned into it like too hard, right? And yes. I think this turned off a lot of people right. because it was like... There's like real life things going on right now with this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't like just like sum it up at these globs of like it, it was, representatives. I mean. Like it doesn't make any sense. It was very broad and it was yeah. very uh boring is the other problem. It was just yeah, boring. It, it was the same thing every week. They all would all just the time. And the problem is is that like Lo, Los Bariquas especially, they gave other than Savio, like None of the Los Bariquas had any character whatsoever. I didn't That's know who any of these people Correct. were. Like I was like, the hair is what stood out about the other guy. Right, That's it because it, and it was the same way with DOA. Like DOA, oh God, I was like DOA. There was the two bald guys and two guys had hair, and, and that's that, like literally yes! like that. That's that was the most character I ever got out of any of these people. So the the two factions specifically, the DOA and the Los Pericos, they were like very indescript. Like very. I like I was like, who are these people? There's like, nothing to get invested in. Right. They didn't give them a lot of promo it's like time. Sometimes the Los Pericos get the upper hand and they drive the car away, and <laughs> they're all celebrating. And sometimes the DOA get to drive the motorcycles, but like. Other than that, like nobody ever won. Like it's real. It's true, and and it felt like it, it was only like a few months, but it felt like years. 
Yeah, it felt so long because there was never any like forward progress with no, it. No, like, never. That's the problem. Now, Los Barricos were actually probably better when they were like briefly associated with DX in early 98. Remember that? Oh, yeah, for like five seconds. But DX like turned on them immediately. Well, of course, because yeah. why would you trust DX? Welcome back, folks, to the war zone. China with Los Barricos. Apparently looking for Stone Cold Steve Austin. They were actually there in some iteration or another until 1999, but they were just kind of relegated to, and, and it wasn't, Savio got injured in, in the brawl for all, believe it or right. not, in the summer of 98. They were relegated to like um, Super Astros when that was on. <sighs> Super Astros. So Super Astros, the thing is with Super Astros too, is it like kind of has its own canon. Like remember how like the minis are like a big deal over there? No, it's a, it's, that and show's like, great. And Filippi, that girl, whatever. Yeah, I forgot her name, but she's good too. Filippi. Felipe, Mar- I don't I know, Maria Felipe or something. Yeah. Is it something like that? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm not it was just to totally funny. like separate canon. Super yeah. Astros. <laughs> it's it's real. real. It's like it exists like on the side, like Tito Santana and Carl- yes, he's on it, and Carlos Hugh- Cabrera and Hugo Savinovich, like all them, and the host Marcelo or whatever. Yeah. It's all real. It's good. It's kind of it's kind of like Saturday Morning Slam, like the early edition. It's of a it. half like, hour. Yeah, it's, it's a good show. It's real. And uh, they were on that a lot. And Savio did briefly return. Not a lot of wrestling going on with him, but he did return uh, for so what a second. Happened, what happened to Savio in general? Because he was he seemed like he was on a roll, and then Los Barik was happening. It well, just <laughs> fucked him up. He got injured. Oh, you mean um, in general? Like, what happened? He was Savio Vega. I mean, they, what were you going to really do with him during he that period so of time? Over, he though. was great. I liked him. He was so over when he came in. That's what I mean. It's like they just dropped the ball with it. I know. They're like, here, you can lead a faction. Like why? Yeah, it just the booking was bad with with yeah. Los Bariquas. He got injured, and that's kind of was it. I mean, by the time he came back, it was very brief in '99. No one remembers it. So Los Bariquas, yeah, went nowhere. It literally went nowhere. Their highest achievement was probably when they were like helping DX. That's sad. And Savio was. Well, like, I think the be- very beginning of the the, the it, gang war feud, they were treated good. as like better or yeah, something. Yeah, and then but you just realize, oh, they're not doing anything with either of these yeah. stables, and mm-hmm. it was just bad. Uh, and that one I time, I had to hear that fucking DOA music. Oh anymore. fuck that! Like every every fucking Get week, the hell out and of they're here. there like twice because they have to have like two of them fight. And yeah, one, like, yeah, then Brian Lee and Crush, and then the the Harris brothers like it's fuck them. just fuck them and it's like oh they're fighting a uh, hairy guy and and whatever this and week Jesus I think didn't they do that last week yes like, I, yeah you know what I mean the the best thing Savio did is when he was um he subbed for Shawn Michaels at No Way Out that was amazing it was amazing well, he's the leader of a faction I he, mean he's he's not he's not he's not nobody right he knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah uh, so I guess it's ranking time Quinn yep um obviously it's hard we, to tell who's worse here my immediate honest gut reaction million dollar corporations worse yeah because totally i think the thing with los is that they, <laughs> they like it, they, they never got to the point where like it could be disappointing right no. it was like they were just they, they weren't even disappointing as much as they just were nothing <laughs> right here's what i'm gonna say Here, here's my reasoning okay okay million dollar corporation was the lead heel stable for like a large chunk of time Yes, they from, were. From like the summer of 94. It was frustrating. Until like the at least the end of 95, right? They headlined pay-per-views. Right. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor, right? The corporations all around there. They headlined uh, the King of the Ring. They headlined mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, right? Ted DiBiase should have been a good manager. Was not. Right. Sid should have been good. Was not. Mm-hmm. Bam Bam. All the people all in these it things. were derailed by mm-hmm. this. The booking was derailed by this. It did not help 
a soul. It was like a cancer on WF. It like, was. And then The Undertaker is like preoccupied for like two years. He's just <laughs> wasted. He's just like, gotta beat these guys up. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, that's all he did. And then finally he gets to like fight Bret Hart at Royal Rumble 96. That was the first thing he had done. Not corporation for like two years. It's amazing. It's insane. So that's why. Los Bariquas, I think, I know you're going to think it's crazy. I think it was good for the other three guys from the point of view of, well, if they weren't in the stable, they wouldn't have been there. Well, I never would have heard of Miguel Correct. Perez, Jose Estrada, and Jesus, who I have to read their names <laughs> because I don't even remember them. But Right. But it's true. Yeah. And it at least gave Savio Vega something to do. I'm not saying it was good, really. To me, though, the one thing that is, is what makes it very poor is that Savio Vega as a character had like a shit ton of potential. He's like, good. He's very good. He was good. amazing. Like I, I remember he came in, he did the spinny kick, and I was like, this guy's great, and he's friends with Razor, so he's got to be good, right? It's yeah. like, that's like all, that's all he needed to do, and he was awesome, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, here, you're in this faction that doesn't matter anymore, yep. and it just took him down. And that's the only thing I think it derailed maybe with Savio, but I will say this, it didn't hurt anyone else. Right. Whereas the corporation was just, like you said, it was a cancer. It was unending. It just felt like... Yep. And, and you said it earlier, they never won anything that mattered. No, they didn't have any championships. <laughs> did Los Bariquas have any? No. Well, I mean, they did have the International Wrestling Association tag titles oh. a lot, like eight times well, or something. that's important. You're right. With two different <laughs> sets of teams, as Sorry. well as the World Council uh, tag champs. World Council. I Caribbean, like how you only call it World Council. Cari- well, you know, WC. Caribbean <laughs> Tag Team Championship, North American Tag Team Championship, Worst Feud of the Year award. <laughs> I like, told you. Uh, they had a lot of stuff here. And also, don't forget the Dominican Wrestling Entertainment Tag Team Championship. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yes. So, so these are accomplishments I don't see on the Million Dollar Corporation page. No. They had one belt, and it was one that DiBiase like, had made in 1989 where right. he was wearing the cape. Just that alone, the Los Bariquas are more successful. Fair. Yeah. Uh, no, but do you agree with me? Is the corporation worse? Yes. What do you think you they're, do? They're worse. And why do you think they're worse? It's like you said. It's just unending. It takes over too much time. Like they're a bunch of bumbling idiots. They, they completely make The Undertaker useless for two years. God, he's so boring in 95. He like, does, it's not his fault. It's who he's feuding Yeah, with. that's what I mean. That's one of the things. Look, we're speaking from actually watching it in 95. And even I, as a kid, when I when 96 and 7 happened. It's just like, when is the Undertaker yeah. going to not fight these guys? Yeah. Like, that. that's all I wanted. I looked back on 95 as a kid, even. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is better than 95. Like, when 97 happened and, like, the Heart Foundation yeah. stable and, like, Hell, all this. Hell, even 96 was better when fucking Undertaker just wasn't fighting these goofs. Right, when he was fighting Mankind and yeah. Brett and Sean are fighting. I was like, oh, this is this is better it's than like, it was no last year. No wonder everyone gets goes crazy when Undertaker comes out. Because, <laughs> like, when I first started watching, he was already in this million dollar shit. So, yep. I was like, why does everyone like him so much? <laughs> it's like, he's always just beating these idiots up. And I'll tell you what, uh, I got into wrestling in the summer of 94, right when this started. I saw it all the way through. I can tell you from experience, it sucked. Yeah. It wasn't, but I have no I, nostalgia goggles for this. It. it sucked ass. It sucked ass. So, let's uh, put it at number one here. So, to recap here for week number one, the worst stables in wrestling history at number one. Kids will cry over how bad the Million Dollar Corporation is at number one. Crazy. What timing? <laughs> and at numero dos, 
Honestly, I don't think they're that bad. I just think it was pointless and didn't go anywhere. Los Bariquas. Yes. So that is the top two right now. Let us know what you think. You let us know, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email. But Quim, when we come back, we have a request to do more WWF this week. Yay. So we're doing it. Okay. Is WWF Superstars of Wrestling. Better not say that too loud around here or else Albert Patterson will be on us. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> Superstars of Wrestling coming up right after this. Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern front wrestling we're talking about smoky mountain and the nwa it's booking the territory so again our three friends of the show the new day podcast greetings from allentown and booking the territory these are in your house you know you escaped by the hair of your teeth but to book yourself to face the winner of a 20-man battle royal and knowing the very next night you have to climb in a cage with my animal well, you're just not very smart, and you, my friend, are going down in the garden. It's simple. Two men enter, one man survives. <laughs> in this game, I am the master and the ruler of the world. <laughs> and welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 192. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yep, speaking of 92. Speaking of 92, look at you. Yep. Uh, now, this was a request by Joe Merkel, of all people. Wow, not, the not, rare. Yeah, I was going to say, not one to send in many requests, is he? No. Uh, he's normally working away, you know, being our statistician. So it's not, it's not often that we actually get a request from him. It's true. But for whatever reason, Joe Merkel, Quinn, wanted us to review... WWF superstars from October 10th, 92. Okay. That's random to I'm me. I'm fine with that. I don't know if there's any significance to this. I didn't ask uh, intentionally. I figured we would just get into it. Now, let's quickly recap what's going on in uh, October of 92. Uh, decline. <laughs> Starting. <laughs> it's true. Well, it still feels like a different world from that Raw that we watched last true. week doesn't it but there's there's some signs like hockey arenas and well there's some hockey yeah you, you know you know talk about hockey yeah like not not major hockey reasons we're talking about like rec centers or whatever calgary hitmen are a team yeah. that i owned minor um, league hockey arenas thought i could own a good team yeah anyway we are just days away from rick flair losing the world title you know that happened in october a big transition point very big seriously yeah so uh, that's going on. We're post-SummerSlam, so Bret Hart is no longer the Intercontinental Champion. Davey Boy Smith is. Yep. Ultimate Warrior is still here. You know, he has about another month left. Yep. So it's, yeah, it, this is... There's a lot of things changing. A here. lot of things are changing. Again, we're going to see what's going on in the World Wrestling Federation. And uh, obviously, Quinn's favorite event will be coming up soon uh, in this period of time. So we'll <sighs> see how that goes. But it is, folks, WWE of Superstars, October 10th, 1992. And speaking of which, we open with a very proud Survivor Series 92 bumper. Please, no. Oh, it's like, your favorite. No. You love God. it. <laughs> 
And then we actually go to Gene in the video control room where he hypes up Survivor Series. Really front-loading this shit with Survivor Series, <laughs> huh? Like, it's just like, hey, you want to not watch? <laughs> Here it is. Survivor Series, our favorite pay-per-view every year. The tradition continues. Very odd of them to open it with Gene hyping the pay-per-view a month away, right? I don't think Survivor Series is something you should hang your hat on to start a show. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. it's uh, But it will be, if you're interested, Thanksgiving Eve, November the 25th, Wednesday, that is, in Richfield, Ohio again. So is this, this isn't on, thing. it's like the night before, right? Night before. Right, so because you got to trout. But that's even a worse day, because, right, <laughs> if you think about it, right, because... Yeah. Everyone's try. That's the busiest travel day of the year. What are people watching on their antenna TVs and their cars? In their limo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are they watching on the plane? Which is on pay per view. Which you can't, even though according you to can. WrestleMania 14, you can. Like, remember? Yeah. If you're in Zimbabwe, they have they, it there. It's you just know? on the rabbit ears there. Watching in I wish pickup. I lived there only on WrestleMania day, <laughs> and then like I would just get my rabbit ears and I can watch it in my Pizza Hut or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's true. What, whatever. Because remember, they're like in barns or they're in all sorts of homes and places. They're, there's one where they're just on the prairie like in a barn somewhere and they're watching Wrestlemania without cable probably on Saskatchewan yeah. honestly uh, the main event Quinn will be Ric Flair and Razor Ramon taking on Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage oh yeah this yeah this kind of though good match on paper maybe uh, the faces are good. The heels are terrible, Why, according to Gene. He um, he immediately just goes, and the faces are very upstanding. <laughs> and you know, Ric Flair, he's a fucker. Fuck him. Like you know, like and you know, Razor Ramon can't be trusted. Like, well, can I ask you a like, question? What you don't like ninety two Razor Ramon, do you? He stinks. <laughs> it's not until like ninety four. It's not until the face turn that he's good. It's true. In case you're newer to the show, Quinn has like this big, funny aversion to this this era of it's Razor. A goon. And it makes like, me, it's, it's very weird. It makes me giggle every time. But anyway. You know he's not as good. Like, I agree. True. No, yeah. I agree with you. But uh, Gene says that Savage and the Warrior love each other now, even though they did fight at the SummerSlam. But Rick, like you said, when Rick Flair and Razor Ramon, they'll do whatever the hell they want. It's very weird Razor in the main event position this early, too. That <laughs> is right. That is awkward. So do you think that was a miscall to have him like this high up this early? Well, it also makes you suspicious because here's the thing. Wouldn't it just make sense for Rick Flair to tag team with Mr. Perfect? You can't wrestle, remember? Who the hell is Razor Ramon at this point? That's like, what I always wondered. You know what I mean? Like, why? Why? It's all, it's like telegraphing that, like, wait a sec. I know that, like, Warrior, whatever, he, like, got mad at them and left or whatever. Yes, yes. But, like, also, it seems like they had set it up already to just be that because why is he tag teaming with Razor Ramon? I know, like, Razor Ramon. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Uh, you know what's weird, too, is Razor main evented technically, like, the world title match of the next pay-per-view also. He they was were bred. really, like... Oh, he's tall, so he's good. Or what? Like, I'm not ah, kidding. Like, they were Vince. They were really sold that this guy was it. Well, if you're tall, you're good. Yeah, of course. Uh, Gene calls this Quinn the single greatest match ever in Survivor Series history. It's not really a high hurdle. Like, to be completely honest with you, just saying. <laughs> yeah. What is the previously best match? The tag team thing, right? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, that you're one, right. Only the first one because the second one sucks. The '87 one you like better? Yeah, I think yeah. I do too. Right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we now throw to the arena, finally, where Razor Ramon is talking on the video wall, which the crowd can hear. That's rare for that period of time. Oye, me, chico. You want some of Razor Ramon, man? You all savage. <laughs> you want the bad guy? He's, like, talking to nobody. Like, he's like, it's just the crowd. It's true. And then his music kicks in, and now Vince finally talks. He welcomes us. Perfect is with him. Welcome to WWF Superstars. This is Vince McMahon along with Mr. Perfect. 
You know, hearing perfect talk just reminds me of how it's Survivor Series season. So whatever the matches are, they're <laughs> never set in stone since somebody might leave. Like, it just reminds me because we know what happens. We know very soon, too, yeah, like a and, month from now. It's just, it's always like this every year. People like, always leave around November. Yeah, brain busters. Like, yeah, everyone. Like yeah. Don Morocco, yeah. Junkyard Dog, that fucking Scott Casey's why in did, it because so many people left. Why even book matches ahead of time in Survivor Series when you don't know until like the day of if they're even going to fucking happen? Rick Rude leaving, yeah. Bad News Brown, Akeem. It's why, true. Why don't they make contracts go like every year they just end the day after Survivor <laughs> Series? Like just so... We're so okay. you get your advertised card yeah, in. Exactly. Anyway, Razor enters here. He's in his gold vest with the black trunks. We are very clearly in a rec hockey rink. Just saying. Very declined. You know where it is, too? What? Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very telltale. It just is. Whenever they're in Canada in 92, it just feels <sighs> declining. Yeah, it's true. It does. It does. Like, like the yellow chairs in the back, like the whatever that color is. Like, you know what it's I'm like talking burnt about? burnt orange or something. Yeah, it's like the mustard. It's like, wow, this is from the 70s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? It was a hot color then. Now, uh, Razor's opponent here is from Red Deer, Alberta, which sounds made up, but it's really not. I see, you think Stu knows? I, yeah, yeah, that seems like a Stu place. The wrestler there, uh, Luther Lindsay, uh, went with me there. He's my friend. Yeah, 1905, probably. I don't know. The Ottoman Empire. <laughs> uh, anyway, his jobber opponent's name is Steve May. Yeah, Steve May lose. Uh, yeah. Joey Morell is going to be a referee here. Razor takes off all of his crap. Perfect says, uh, you know, Razor looks sharp. That's called oh, a shut pun. Up. I don't. I don't need this to start here, Mister Perfect. It was deeper in the show. Yeah. Uh, Razor. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Vince has problems with the way Razor treats the ring attendant. He should probably have other problems with the way other people treat ring attendants, like Mel Phillips. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, the bad guy beats the crap out of Steve May, who has hair like Ricky Morton and the physique of Judy Martin. Here. Aww. Vince promises a lot of new maneuvers in that term from Razor Ramon as he puts on an abdominal stretch. Proud abdominal stretch. <laughs> and then a little later, Perfect acts like he's never seen a Samoan drop. Doesn't he remember? Samala in 1983. He was there <laughs> like early on in the year. Yeah, hasn't he ever seen a Samoa? He's like, he, he does that type drop move. <laughs> I've never seen that. Like, what is he talking about? Well, I still, I'm confused. Every, that's an old move. <laughs> yeah, the Samoans used to use it, remember? Constantly. He was there. Yeah. Anyway, more squashery by Razor, including the belly-to-back suplex from the second rope. And the Razor's Edge gets the pin. Quinn, Mr. Perfect, is very impressed. Be careful who you compliment Perfect, because you never know who's going to leave the company, and then you got to wrestle him. <laughs> it's real. It's true. A uh, 10-year-old fat kid disagrees that Razor is good as we mm. go to break. Eh. We come back where we finally get to see the announcers from the desk angle, like the reverse angle. You, you mean know the, the, one. The, the desk yeah, angle. Like quote, the, unquote. Yeah, it's clearly green screen. Yeah, uh, where Vince has his powder blue suit still perfect with the plain black one. All that is important. But what we heard earlier on is more important than that, and that is the main event at Survivor Series. I love, though, Quinn, how, like, the green screen evolved, right? <laughs> like, it started with just the stand-ups, right? They'd just be standing in front of it, but now they have this new desk version. The desk you... version where they, yeah, it's the, like you said, the specific, like, they yeah. got the hockey, they got, like, a still shot of the, <laughs> the hockey, hockey arena. <laughs> yeah. It's also weird, Quinn, like, we keep hyping, harping on this, but... Mr. Perfect, it's just so weird knowing that he's going to be in the main event that they keep hyping up. You know what right. I mean? Right, and he's just, he, he sounds like like very retired yeah, while he's right. talking. Or it sounds Rick- like 96 Mr. Perfect, yes. where he's like extra not doing anything. God, yeah, where he's just wandering around yeah. all of 96. I'm on Superstars this week, or maybe I'm on Mania or Challenge. I'm here with you, Jim Ross. Yeah, wow. Shotgun Challenge. Here's Aldo Montoya, yeah. you know, that era. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, era. Just, he's on all the syndicated nonsense. Yep. Uh, we go back to ringside now where Jerry Fox is introduced. More like Stevie Richards. He, like, he looks exactly like him. He does look a lot like him. His opponent? 
Maximilian Moon. When do we say his full name? Like, I didn't know that that was a thing. <laughs> Early like, Max very Moon. proud Fink. Like, Maximilian Moon. It's real. Maximilian Moon. A guy with a very slick mullet is very impressed with Max Moon here. Also, Maximilian's music is very strange. It is, isn't it? Futuristic. Is it, though? No. It's more like, I don't know, it's like tribal or something. I don't know how else to describe it. He's new, right? I yeah. think in late 92, he's pretty new. Now, Conan had played him, folks, in case there, there's always like the big debate. Was it ever Conan? When was it Conan? When it was, was like it for Conan? like three matches. It was like, yeah. In probably one taping session. I think it was like one taping session. I don't even know if it aired mm-hmm. until maybe it might be re-released. I know it was on the unreleased DVD Is that what it is? Yeah, so that's what it was. Any other standard TV appearance you see of him, it's Paul Diamond. Yeah, very clearly Paul Diamond. Yeah. So there's like a close-up of his face. I'm like, wait, that's Paul Diamond. It's clearly like, it, him, it's yes. It's not even like, it's not even a question. No, it's definitely Paul Diamond. Because the mask, it's not one of those masks that covered all of your face. You can see enough of his eyes that you're like, oh, that that's him. Right. Now, in the future, we wear masks, I guess. Is that what it is? But yes. It, every day, every way. I guess they really called 2020, didn't they? Yeah. Oh! Uh- Monkey flip to start here as Earl wishes he was somewhere else, too. Maybe Red Deal, Alberta. Uh, his dropkick and another one which the announcers act like some revolutionary move from the mm-hmm. future. A dropkick. And then Vince conf- <laughs> compares Moon. He literally says, he's like, he reminds me of uh, Kurt uh, Perfect. Kurt Perfect. There it Quinn. is. It, it's, it's in the canon it's there. It's canon. Oh, wow! Back Moon! Moon sort of reminds me of that great athlete I used to see in the squared circle. What was his name? Uh, Kurt... Uh, uh, I forgot his name now. Well, perfect. Or so I- Which is a very bad comparison, by the mm-hmm. way. I, I didn't get it. Like, <laughs> it's like he did a drop kick, and they're like, Mr. Perfect did that too. Like, what? Everyone does it. Like, literally every wrestler does a drop kick, generally. Right? I've never seen Randy Savage do one. I don't no, think you can I, find him do I'm one. I'm pretty sure he, he, I've seen him do no. it. No, where he stood a guy up and did like a standing drop kick to somebody just for. Shits. I don't like, think I've ever seen Savage do a drop like kick. to like a jobber. I Maybe. swear. I, I swear if, this happened. If you or someone you know has footage of Randy Savage doing a drop kick, I want to see it. Uh, but in the meantime, Fox tries to charge here, eats a boot, Moon with a very crappy twisting crossbody that Vince liked, and then Vince goes on about some new edict from Jack Tunney. What is this all about? It's like a running theme through the show. The whole too. show they're talking about this. The <gasps> new rules. Yeah. The, the, well, the, the old rules. Let me just clarify. Yeah. Like all this, he keeps saying that too. He does, and basically the whole point is now the referees are allowed to be better or something what is it what does it mean <laughs> it seems like he he seems to be implying that the rules were not being like applied or something from the rule book when or they weren't being strict about it or something when <laughs> i don't know i mean it was pretty chaotic since the late 91 well that got very intense there with snakes and stuff but right uh, maybe that's why vance is like okay fuck this we need the rules again very rules they should have <laughs> <laughs> they it's should've... like Bill Watts came in or something. No fucking jumping off the thing. Yeah. Hey, he's like your parents. No jumping on the bed. Like, Shut up. <laughs> anyway, Moon rolls around stupidly before hitting an elbow. They should have called him Max Mooney. Thank you. <laughs> Sean Mooney's other brother. Corner whip clothesline snapper by Moon. Very futuristic armbar. Dumpy kick in the corner and a rolling fireman's carry. Shit gets the win. Neat. Real neat. Yeah. It's really weird that he was like Kato in September still and now he's Max Moon. Well, you know, things change. <laughs> things change. Uh, anyway, we get a shot of like four 60 year old businessmen who look very unimpressed. I don't blame them. I don't either. They're probably like, why are we here? <laughs> uh, I'd like to ask you now, Quinn. What? What do you think of Mr. Perfect on commentary? He's very like so-so. Yeah. He's not like as offensive as like Piper at the beginning, for example. But you think he's okay? He's okay, right? I just think it, it 
hurts Mr. Perfect, the character being on commentary. Like you it do? makes him seem junky or something. Have, That's have, the only thing I, I I can say about it. I have mixed feelings about him as an announcer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's okay. I don't think he's like good. No, does that make sense? He's not good. He's okay. He's not bad. He's just like this weird like middle ground, and it's not very great. He's not offensive though. He's not no. annoying. No, he's not offensive. So anyway, I just figured I'd ask you because we like yeah. to talk about that. Let's go to the event center. This is not the control room green screen. This is like the actual desk. The weird. The small desk. tiny docks desk. Yeah, the, the blue desk. Yeah. And it's Sean Mooney to hype up the October 16th NASA Coliseum show. Ooh, NASA Coliseum good. <laughs> like, immediately. It's like, ugh. Ric Flair will be defending against the Ultimate Warrior. The Natural Disasters will be taking on Money Incorporated. And we do actually get a promo from that great best tag team ever with Jimmy Hart. Yep, DBS talks about bank accounts. IRS talks about tax. Is the best tag team to ever exist I right here. Yeah, there they are. Because you don't want to have checks out with not enough funds to cover it. Now, DiBiase's got his white suit on because that's like what he wore around late yeah, 92. What do you think the, of that one? The, the one with like the padding. Yeah. It's like very, it seems like his comfort, like leisure suit. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know what right? I mean? Like, it's like, I don't feel like getting too formal today, right? You know it's what? Like, I, it's like yeah. a pajama suit. <laughs> you know what I liked is when he wore like the alternate white tights occasionally during occasionally, this time. Occasionally, yeah. It's great. I don't think he looks as good with the white tights, to be honest with you. No? I don't think he looks as impressive. I love him. I think he good looks tights. more evil with the black tights. Well, they are evil, yeah. yeah he looks uh, more friendly or something with the white tights. More approachable. Yeah. Uh, IRS has a black Halliburton, by the way, which is very rare. He doesn't have the usual stainless steel or oh, spray-painted right. one, whatever it is. One with the brick in it. Yeah, the brick. That's Well, you never know when you're going to need a brick. Right. Uh, anyway, Money Inc.'s going to regain the belts, pretty much. Uh, we get a promo from Nails now. God. What? And you know who he's fa- I cannot believe this. What a weird thing. He's facing Bret Hart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought I could have a good match with Nails, but he was fucking terrible. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll hear from Bret later for yeah. real. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Nails with his voice modulator are like, my best friend, a hitman, or whatever <laughs> he said. Like, it's not even a good impression because I can't even, like, I don't have a voice modulator, so I can't do the same thing. My best friends are hitmen. We get a promo now from Bret, who basically is like, you know, normally I'm compassionate towards ex cons. But fuck nails. I cannot believe that Bret Hart actually fought nails. I mean, it's like, just a Nassau costume. Nobody ever saw it. Is anyway. there a fan cam of this? <laughs> yeah. I want to see this. Anyway, Mooney with stupid wry comments as we go back to break. Uh, nails is going to go to prison after fighting Bret again. Shut up. Like, what is he? <laughs> Stop. Yeah, what is that? See, he's going to want to go to the comforts of prison because fighting Bret Hart's going to be so hard. <laughs> it's horrible. Ugh. According to the hitman, after this battle, Nails will want to return to the safety of prison. Anyway, back to ringside now, where Vince McMahon throws us to a tribute to Gilda Radner. She wrestled? Was she on wrestling ever? No. What is this? Now, she was good on Saturday Night Live and elsewhere. I mean, now... Yeah, and it's honestly, like, I'm not gonna lie, it's really sad that she passed, but how is there any connection here? We'll have to find out. Because I watched the documentary on how she passed... I love um, Gilda. She... Like, she got cancer, like, pretty young. Yes. And they made an actual, like, 20 years after the fact, they made, like, a documentary about it and how she brought up awareness and stuff, like, on CNN or yeah, something. Yeah, it was a big deal. And it was really good. And I really but, like, like her. I don't know why, like, Vince and friends are connected to this. To Baba Wawa? But, uh, you know what? Leave it to Vince to do, like, a thing three years after she passed away. <laughs> oh, I thought it did just happen based on like, what was said here. It was 89. I thought it was, like, recent. 
three years ago. Oh, anyway, we get a quick interview with Willy Wonka. Yes, <laughs> G- G- I, that was my exact note. Was like, oh, Willy Wonka says. If you're our age, how do you not call him that yeah, when you see him? You know what real. I mean? He's like, I know he's in other things. We're not stupid. Yeah, but he's Willy Wonka to me. Uh, he talks about though, and this is serious. I'm not gonna make fun of it. How he wanted to raise money yes. using tennis. So they had like a celebrity tennis thing. I guess that's Joel Siegel from <laughs> so, ABC Seven. Okay. I saw him and I was like. Geraldo, who is it? And then Gene, I like I didn't pass the, I didn't pass the note because I but I knew I'd seen him in my life like a lot. Too. It's Joel like, Siegel. It's Joel Siegel from ABC Seven in New York, like the movie reviewer guy. Now my problem is why on NBC do they have Gene Shalit who had the glasses and the yeah. floppy mustache and the hair and Joel Siegel's like their version yeah it's both true both movie critics look the same it's very confusing and, but how, and as you <laughs> noted here ABC 7 two, two weeks, weeks in a row on reviews here is the weirdest thing because we had Bill Evans last week yes. and we got Joel Siegel this week how the hell like what? what's, what's next week Roz Abrams <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised if she was on wrestling once. Rob Hanrahan or whatever yeah, his name yeah. was. Like, get, let's get all the like most vague, like what Bill Butel and like <laughs> all, like all the weirdest shit. It's real. <laughs> Bill Butel, he's good. Anyway, hey, it's Bobby Heenan playing tennis. Also, yeah, playing tennis not as a heel. By the yeah. way, he's just it's, he's there like very casually, very like for a second. Yep. So uh, Vince McMahon now here we go in his Cosby sweater host a silent auction. Ah, so there is the connection, right? Yep, that's, that's why we're talking about this. That's all it is. Now again. I have nothing but uh, you know, empathy for Gilda Radner, this whole thing. Gene Wilder, he loved her a real lot. That's yep. all true. So no disrespect intended there. It's almost like Vince, like, I did this this week and I want to help too. Yeah. Like that's what it came off of. Yeah. It's like we're gonna put the address of the Gilda's club here yeah. and like hope somebody writes in for it. Yeah, if you want to win like polo cologne or turnbuckle pads at but the it silent all goes auction, to like cancer research which is or great. whatever. So that's great. Yep, so if you want to uh, donate, you can send a check to Gilda's Club, 310 Riverside Drive, Apartment 1710, New York, New York, 1-0-0-2-5-4-1-0-6. And, and now, can I just say the one last detail on this that I thought was actually kind of charming and made it feel very like, oh, they really are just trying to help, and it's like, it's very like, from the heart and everything. The fact that the address was an apartment number, it's clearly like some one of their apartments or something. Riverside Drive, I mean, this is a very expensive place for right, Gene Wilder. Mean, it's probably Gene Wilder's like apartment or like a a peel box in the apartment complex like, or something like i like that that just made it feel very like oh man this is cool like this they're really real. like actually like like this isn't like them starting like a non-profit or whatever no no like, he loved her didn't right, he? Gene yeah. wilder i mean he loved it's Gilda. really nice i know it so, is nice so yeah very nice as we like, would just, say like send this to my house we'll like get it we'll, 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 I'll, I'll handle it yeah you know? it's like i'm not even kidding like it's really it's great sweet to ringside now where own hearts music is firing up and you know what quinn it's time for high energy this music is so great how could people not get excited about this right? i know it's like, so good right it is good somebody call a cab relatively new team they've been around a few months now this is like because you know what happened with owen mm-hmm. anvil introduced him to the pants right and then anvil left but owen kept the pants beat skinner Right. WrestleMania 8, and then he's like, you know what, I need a partner, and then he introduced Coco to the pants. Right, pants time. That's what happened, it's real. The pants real. are a big part of the angle, too. It is! Yeah. Anyway, their opponents are Brian Jewell and Kenny Johnson, the ref- <laughs> Yo. <laughs> referee, Bill Alfonso, okay. I know him better than the opponents <laughs> here. Really? Now, I wish High Energy were good, but they just are not as a team. They have no chemistry. Mm, they seem friendly with each other. At the very right, least. It's not that they don't like each other. Yeah. There's no no chemistry. I see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Coco starts out and claps it all up. It's looking all fat, Chugs. by the way. What happened? He was like here like a year ago. He looked fine. Maybe he was eating some Coco Pebbles beware. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Him and Frankie munching down the 
the candy or something. I don't know. Just hanging out on the couch. Could you imagine like him and Frankie like fattening up together? Frankie, like, we're gonna eat some um eat some McDonald's today. Yeah. Okay. Let's eat Let's every walk. day. <laughs> I like French fries. Like something like that. Lock up with Jewel. Headlock by Jewel. Off the ropes. Arm drag. Pieces of you by Jewel. By Coco. Fall <laughs> by another. Owen it now to take over. Irish whip. Drop down in the clothesline as Vince again brings up. How the referees are going to be better because Sergeant Slaughter has appointed what? the, like, he's the enforcer now. What? He already essentially was the commissioner <laughs> in, like, this? late 92. I don't even know angle. about this. It's not that Is popular. this supposed to carry over into, like, before his, like, official becoming commissioner? I don't think so, but I just think that much like Gorilla, there was always this, like, air of authority around yes, him. Yes, because if you put a suit on Sergeant Slaughter, he just looks like a fat accountant yes. who, like, says, like, hey, follow the rules there, sir. Yeah, like a principal, yeah, essentially. He, he really, like, he has that look. He has that air about him, All right? you gotta do is literally put a suit on him. Yeah. It's literally all he's you have a, to do, seriously. He's a dual role. It works perfectly. Yeah. He was literally just wrestling in, like, August still. Yeah, it's, and now, it's amazing. <laughs> this is how they phased him out of that. Now it's just like, oh, he's just the commissioner yeah. slash, like, rule maker or something and i think it continues until early 93 it's like right. a little while but anyway kenny johnson gets in he gets his ass kicked too coco back in some farting around owen again with some european uppercuts nice gut wrench by owen owen tags in coco who catches johnson in the heart attack position but then owen leaps off the rope with a missile drop kick and gets the pin nice finisher there yeah i don't know if the legal man got the pin though but i guess right. it doesn't matter nah. great finisher good finisher i've never seen him do that because they never win wow <laughs> You gotta watch Superstars. You have to, right? Yeah. That's where you see the finishers. Mm-hmm. Perfect says, uh, those are the worst wrestling trunks I've ever seen. <laughs> As college kids dance and Coco pulls his pants up all the way for fun. They are fun pants. They are fun. I would if, do it too. I If that was my, if I had to wear the pants like I'd, that, I'd fuck around with them. Yo, yeah, I totally like, I'd pull them up to like my nipples That's or what whatever. Like, yeah, I was like, I would do it. Like proudly. Who cares, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is stupid, whatever. Yeah, it's just like, whatever. we're in fucking Winnipeg. Yeah, nobody even knows what this is. <laughs> So it's time for our next match, but first, Quinn, I just need to remind you, so does Vince McMahon, that Superstar 7 is coming, the magazine. What? <laughs> what is Superstar? I never heard of this. I think that this was their, like, their picture magazine, where it's like posters, basically. You mean it's like that that Spotlight no, magazine no, no. or whatever, Spot- where it was just like I'm one wrestler? Spotlight's a profile of wrestlers. Superstar 7, and the subsequent and prior, is posters. Ah. It's not even articles. Oh, it's okay. like the easiest magazine so to release. It, it, it's not much of a magazine as much as like it's a dis- distribution method for posters. Correct. Basically, it's and like that, a post. Like, oh, if you want a Hacksaw Duggan poster on your right. wall, you have to get this magazine. That's all it is. Yeah. Oh, good. Look, it's nails. God. <sighs> His opponent, who looks like Howie Epstein, you don't. Yeah. If you don't know who that is, it's okay. It's Eric Freedom. That's ironic because Nails is an ex-con and he's fighting Freedom. Yeah. Vince it? has an ab- <laughs> he has problems. fucking disdain for this guy, <laughs> huh? Who would sign on for a match with Nails? A guy by the name of Freedom. That is ridiculous. So you want to be a wrestler, huh? This, to me, reminds me of, like, when Vince would get mad at anybody who wasn't in shape. Like, like the during 80s. the 80s. Like, <laughs> early 80s. He'd be like, this is the worst-looking fucking wrestler <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. Fuck this guy. Why is he here? <laughs> this fat slob. I don't know what... If somebody's not in shape, Vince really has a, a problem with it, like on commentary. Like he, well, he, he, he takes it as like, even if he's fighting a heel, I can still like make fun of him. Oh yeah. That's because Vince in real life is very big on being in shape. Right. That's he why. His utter disdain for like, and the whole thing that's weird about that is most jobbers aren't in good shape. It's only like if they're exceptionally out of shape, does Vince like yeah. really get on his case? Most jobbers are in bad shape unless they're actual wrestlers that are just doing job work. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, Nails dumps Freedom out and uh, gets a mic from Howard Finkel, and he says, 
That's because Boss Man, I heard it from somebody else, hit him in the throat with a stick. Came out here for one reason. And one reason Lord, with this fucking so feud. long, like, it, just, just, it sounds so stupid. Up, I know, <sighs> and it's like kind of ruins things too, Quinn. With him knowing that in real life, he sounds like the coroner from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> He's really bad. God, Hi. don't look behind the curtain. <laughs> Hi, uh! <laughs> like you know, remember. That one freaking clip of him from like 96 in New England on an indie where he's got his normal voice. Boss man! Still! Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, shut up! His whole life is just revolves around feeding a big boss man. He only knows like three things to say, and yeah. they're all about big boss man. It's horrible. Anyway, he just keeps talking as we just casually throw to Good. Sean Mooney. I don't want to finish that. So what was the... Nails won by talking? Is that what it is? <laughs> well, so? the guy, like, he, he threw him out of the he ring. He left. So count out, I guess. He's I like, don't I don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's Freedom. It's just assume that they counted it out. <laughs> and now Mooney's like, ew, don't forget, Nails has to face Bret Hart on Friday. Stop. Like, <laughs> seriously with him. Promo now from Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect on the on the Ultimate Warrior. Styling and profiling and in control of the belt, as they're they say. Very uninspired, yeah, honestly. Like, I'm going to WCW, woo! woo! Like, seriously, I'm not even kidding. Warrior's yeah. promo is actually probably better. He looks stupid though, man. <laughs> like it, that, the sunglasses, that, that hair. Like the the, the the yeah, the singlet, the sun. All of it is bad. It's bad. But he tells Flair, you know what? If you're such a nature boy, go back to nature and find out about surviving. I see what he did there, and I appreciate I it. Like that. I, that was very smart for Ultimate Warrior promo. Like well, I've never heard him like put something together like that. You're such a nature boy. Go the fuck back to nature. See what see what you find and about surviving. And then he spins it in the Survivor Series. <laughs> it's it was brilliant. Also, fuck Razor Ramon. Yeah, and then Warrior names. <laughs> names a bunch of colors to make his point and then he snorts promotional consideration is paid for by icopro brand steroids you know that product for kids <laughs> why were they pushing this like on a program on like saturday morning cartoons or whatever Maybe because their parents would be like oh i want to have muscles or does their kid want to like get into exercise and shit and right Icapro, right they'll take icopro because you know brett hart does when he wears those gloves or whatever so that's why you know when i go to the gym i have icopro it's fucking terrible yeah i hate this stuff i never it use tastes it like actually. shit but you know what it has a lot of fucking calories so it helps me after i burn a bunch of shit <laughs> Uh, something like that. We've also got G.I. Joe figures and stuff like that. Cobra is back. G.I. Joes are going to fuck them up. Just buy it. Like, seriously. <laughs> just And uh, arcade hotshot basketball because, duh. Blah, blah. Like, always. Every time. Every time we do this. Any year. Uh, back- so, how many years do they know. hype this shit? Big sponsor, man. Yeah. Back to ringside where the balding Tom Stone is introduced and his opponent, unfortunately, is Lance Cassidy. What even is this fucking music? Who even is this? He looks like Woody from Cheers. Like, what <laughs> happened here? What is this? Well, this is uh, the debut, actually, of Steve Armstrong. I who- couldn't even tell it was him. Because like, it was like, like with the piano or what? I, what was, is it? I don't know. Why is he there? It's like a riverboat or something. <laughs> I, it was very strange. But you know what's funny? No one cares, including Vince and Perfect. Like, yeah. they barely care. Like, and uh, here he is. Uh, we, we've heard of him or something. <laughs> Lance yeah. Cassidy. We'll, we'll just let him wrestle. Let's talk about Ric Flair or something. Like, <laughs> I'm not much. kidding. That's yeah. what happens. And hook up from, I guess, some block A. I don't know where. State of Texas. With the likes of Nails. Nails and Boss Man joining us on primetime this Monday night. City. Lance Cassidy making his debut in the World Wrestling Federation. 
So they wrestle for a while. Joey Morell is the official here. Vince again reminds us about how the referees have to be better. Dropkick by Cassidy and even Perfect is making fun of his horrible hair. It's just it's poor. Absolutely uninspiring crap going on in the ring. <laughs> what a debut. This stinks ass. And why is Lance having trouble with this accountant over here? <laughs> like, way to make him look good. Like, I know. Maximilian didn't have trouble. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, this is a real question, okay? I know Armstrong Brothers, blah, 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 but like, why would Vince sign him is what I mean. Like, to do what? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just asking. I just don't like when they sign people just so they could, like, clearly they're just like, well, WCW can't use them. Like, that's, to me, what? But Steve Armstrong, the commodity? No, I think because WCW, he was, like, a big part of their syndicated programming, the Armstrong. They're, like, on every fucking episode. I guarantee this was just like, oh, they're going to have problems filling those matches now. You like, it's, like, just, like, it's, like, piddly bullshit like that. But he's, like, the third best Armstrong. Maybe fourth. I know, but when you Brad, when Brian, you take anybody off of a team, it makes it harder to fill the gaps. That's all I'm saying. It's, Steve it's, it's about Armstrong. It's about obstructing them. It's not about like we're gonna do anything. <laughs> Steve Armstrong. Somebody's got to fill those random jobber matches on WW Pro. It's like the Yankees signing Ozzy Canseco just to make sure. Yeah, you know, but we it, can't have Oakland get their but hands you know, on him. When the Yankees are doing those games, right, where that don't fucking matter at the end of the season, but it then punched. they gotta like put Derek Jeter into them. You know, like you know what i mean it's like because we don't like nobody can take a break now yeah it's like when they randomly got pudge Remember right that? and and that was just simply so like jorge posada could like take a day off every take week dump. <laughs> yeah i'm not kidding like it matters day to day that's why when you get the lower guys it actually like hurts okay it hurts them because then they have to fill it with actual talent and waste them so you're saying this is basically just like a facade of a push right really they just have them so no one else they can. have them to hurt wcw so that <laughs> Fucking like Brian Pillman has to have an extra match or something on WCW Pro. It's amazing. It's real. Um, now, anyway, Stone here gets all bold, goes upstairs to the top rope, but he gets thrown off extremely poorly. Vince is all like, Tom Stone has never heard of Ike Pro. Shut up, Vince. <laughs> yeah. like, like, he's fat, you see? Look how out of shape he is. Like, he's doing it now. And it's not even like weight loss. Thing. No, he's just like... Ike Pro, I mean, I don't think it's like for losing weight. It's for weight. working out. It's for gaining muscle. It's not yeah. for losing weight. If you, In fact, if you probably took it without working out, you'd get fat. You'd get diarrhea. Yeah. Cassidy with some very crummy punches in the corner and dumpy kicks. How long is this? Like, can we finish this <laughs> like literally i think he's actually filling time like yeah, not seriously, even joking there's a lot of that on the show yeah. corner whip now backdrop and he heads up to land a very jerky crossbody cassidy does for the win terrible Crappy. music plays again sounds like he should be on a riverboat like i said it just it's all bad it, it stinks. stinks very poor yeah we now throw to mean gene where sergeant slaughter's in the aisle observing the referees and he has his suit on more hair same chin <laughs> and he promises law and order here in the wwf but honestly has it really been particularly out of control or something like lately. SummerSlam, remember Ric Flair with that bullshit the like where he wouldn't stop standing around outside? Still, I'm I mean, just Maybe that's what hey, upset them. Maybe start by getting the guy in an orange jumpsuit out of the company if we're going to talk about Law and Order. I'm just saying. <laughs> Fuck, worried about like, the, Bill Alfonso. Maybe that's what Slaughter was brought in and like assist the big boss man in getting rid of him. Aggravating. Anyway, Vince now throws us some credentials for the former WWF world champion, Bob Backlund. You know, he was champion for nearly six years. Yeah, he went to college. Went to college. Just make sure they say that. Uh, in junior high, he looked 40 and he was good at football. Right. But Quinn in the WWF, he was really good. And we get a clip of him against Adrian Adonis from 81, Just probably. Just to like, make him look older. Like they find like, the oldest footage they can. You know right. what I mean? Like the grainiest shit. Yeah, the grainiest. 
gray ropes at it MSG. It looked like the 70s, that yeah, footage. Yeah, but was Adonis there in the 70s? I have no... He could have been. He could have been. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Richard will tell us when it was. And Vince is like, oh, he was great, but uh, how's he going to be now? And then we cut to Backlund himself, modern Backlund. He's like, you know, I'm going to be very good. I'm going to have a lot more notoriety than ever before. How is Bob Backlund going to fit into the World Wrestling Federation today with all the color, with all the flamboyance? Got bad hair, and now he's the owner of a fireplace or something. <laughs> like that's the most developments I've seen so far. <laughs> he does have a nice fireplace in his it's, house. It is a nice. It it's is actually nice. like a decent mantle back it's there. True. Yeah. Now I got to say, Quinn, honestly, after watching like 18 months of him as champion, and this is the tail end that you and I watch. Yeah. I like this even more because what they're doing is they're like, he was around. Yeah. He was boring. But if you're a kid, <laughs> if you're a kid that got in during the Hogan era, this seems like. 30 years ago. Yeah, it even seems like way too long, even though it isn't. It's like nine. Yeah. You know, since he, eight since he left. It right? looks so old it on lo- here. Right. It looks so old and it's a whole different thing. Like it's pre-Hogan and now Hogan's like not even here. Honestly, like this probably contributed to me thinking 40 was old back then. Right. Just because the way they say like he's 45 or whatever. Yeah, whatever and, he was. and they show the footage and it looks like the fucking Stone Age right. or something. So I actually appreciate it more after seeing Backlund's run yeah. and knowing what he really did. It's good. Uh, down to ringside now where Kevin Kruger is introduced. Fink then turns the mic over to Dr. Harvey Whippleman. And then Harvey upsets Fink as usual. <laughs> Longest running build ever. I love it. Remember, it's all building up to that like tuxedo match in like 96 or something. 95. 95. <laughs> it's amazing though because it started when Whippleman came in in like 91. It's real. It's, it's real. It's, it's like a four-year build. It's so good. All to a tuxedo match, which so, it's it's kind of appropriate too for these two guys. Wasn't that the Raw with William Shatner? I think it's the same era. It's possible. It might be. Anyway, Harvey brings out Kamala with kimchi. Oh, good. Once Kamala's in the ring, Undertaker appears on the video wall to say rest in peace. Now which- it's it's weird because we watched this last week where Kamal was nothing and now here like to th- I forgot that he wasn't not anything at this point. Like I thought, oh, Kamal's a piece of shit at this point in time, but no, he's like a main heel. Big big Undertaker feud, yeah. Yeah. Big feud. It's crazy. It is. Of course, Kamala gets freaked out by the Undertaker, right. and then the Jobber attacks from behind, which is funny. Kamala no sells all of it, lands a chop <laughs> as he should. Yeah, as he should. Yeah, bunch of chops, choking by the big guy here. Body slam on the ropes, stomp, splash off the ropes. But as Kamala is getting the pin, like mid pin, mid pin, Paul Bearer like assly comes out with a casket. Like what a dick. Yeah, what, <laughs> why is he interrupting him? What did what did Kamala do? He, nothing. Yeah, all they did was have a match at SummerSlam. Yeah. And Undertaker won, so yeah. it's not even like he needs to keep picking on Kamala. God, leave the poor guy alone. Yeah. So, of course, he freaks out in a preview of an angle they would do a little better next year with Yoko, remember? Mm-hmm. It's the same angle. Yeah, that's true. The, the afraid of caskets angle. That's like all they have. Oh, you're fat? You're afraid of caskets. Why are caskets so scary? I don't know. It's like what's in the casket that's scary, not that casket itself. <laughs> it's not like he opened it up and there was like a dead person no, in there. No, there's no one in it. We don't even know what's in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it could have pizza in there. Anyway, it could. The, it could. Maul, like, all immediately gets happy. Oh, I'm delivering your double meat, double cheese Come pizza. Kamala goes from scared to, ha- like, very happy. <laughs> oh, thanks, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Ugandan giant flees through the crowd as Paul Bearer proudly wheels the casket back down the aisle. It's kind of funny. The whole I get- thing is. Kamala's yeah. funny. That's, he tries. Yeah, he's really goofy in this. He's good. Yeah. Anyway, we go to commercial now where we get a quick promo for the Survivor Series with very feisty electric guitar. Can we not hype that show? Like, Like, seriously, we don't even know what the matches are. Yeah, all they've said is the main event. They've said that, nothing else. That's not else. even going to happen. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. They didn't even mention this part about Bret Hart and Sean and all no, this. No, nothing. Yeah. They haven't said anything yet. Anyway, back to the ring. Bill Jordan is introduced. He looks like luscious Johnny Z. He <laughs> <laughs> looks fuck, like fucking shit. It's like, wow. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah, this guy is a fat piece of crap. Like, he, <laughs> like, he, like not like 
not like fat all over. Dough. Just like just dough. Just his stomach that's like hanging off his trunks. It's, it's real bad. I was surprised to hear his opponent's music <laughs> kicking. It's Bret Hart who gets a great pop. <laughs> He's very over. I will admit, and he, it is funny. You're right. It's like this guy seems well beneath <laughs> Bret Hart. Like it's like this is not what Bret Hart should be doing right now. I, I, I was so surprised. So he does yeah. his usual sunglasses routine with a youngster. Very nice. Very nice. Side held by Bret, push up by Jordan, off the ropes, hip tossed by Bret, clothesline sends Jordan out of the ring, back in, inverted atomic corner whip. Bret teases the sharpshooter, but lands a boot to Western Canada. Side Russian leg sweep. Russian, not Canadian. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, diving elbow as Brett gives kind of a side out of the crowd. He's like, yeah, I know. This guy sucks. He does. He does. Like, oh, yeah. It's funny. Brett continues to just dick around to kill time, like literally, before getting the sharpshooter for the win. That match literally was there to just fill out the taping. Like, that, that, it's all it was there for. It was, it's like, Brett, can you come out for like five minutes? And like, we, we have five minutes left on this <laughs> shit. Yeah, you know, I could. I thought I could go out there, kill a couple minutes. Vince asked me to do that. I thought that was fine. Then he told me they are going to put the belt on me and, uh, <laughs> couple of days i was really excited about that my dad's from saskatoon anyway to the event center where mooney hypes up crush versus the mountie and mountie with the pro he's like aloha crush i I can't even believe mountie like makes this work (laughs) he's almost gone too it's crazy he's just about gone but well until you know he becomes the mounties well he had to go find a partner obviously and he found one to go up to the great white north and go find one but he talks about luau's and pigs, you know, get it? Because crush Hawaiian. Yep. And then he's like, look at my shock stick. And he ends it with, I always get my pig. This is all real. <laughs> like, it's not, we're not making that up. No, like, Mountie real. put more work in his, like, Nassau Coliseum promo than any than of these anyone. people. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, guess what? I got something right here that's going to cook my own luau pig. You hear me? I always get my pig. Here's the tag champions, Earthquake and Typhoon, to talk shit about Money, Inc. They look weird with the tag belts. I've always thought that, like Earthquake and Typhoon. You, you, you ever think like it's cause yeah. maybe it's because they're like so big and the belts are tiny on yes, them. Yes, and they can't wear them. Like they yeah. can't wear them. Literally can't wear them. So they always hold them, and they're like the kinder, gentler natural disasters. Yeah, they're too like teddy bear. I don't like it. I do like yeah. them, but yeah, they're a little too friendly. Right. I, I never liked this whole run as tag team champions. Me neither. But Earthquake says the stakes are high. Yeah, so he's gonna eat them. It's real. Mooney now recaps the card again as we get more promotional consideration. That means the show is ending. Yep. It's Electronic Talking Battleship. How long did they hype this for? Man, this and Hot Shot Basketball, like, man. For like six years. Same company probably made it? Yeah. Milton Bradley? Uh, I think. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, WWF Figures. Macho version. Yeah, the short one. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay, WF Figures or whatever. And Lord Alfred for Super High Impact Football. Now, he says smash it. I don't even remember this game. I don't remember like, it either. He's like, it was a smash hit in the arcades, and now you can get it on Super Nintendo. And Genesis. Right. Don't remember it at all. Back to ringside where Vince hypes up next week. We're going to have Shawn Michaels. We're going to have the big boss man. But most importantly, we're going to have money in. Yes. I know. Oh, also the IC champion British Bulldog and an interview with Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. But now Kamala's scared behind the door while Harvey Whippleman and Kimchi yell at us. As we get the WWF USA grade A beef thing. And it, what was this? What was that stamp they were doing back then? I don't know what that like signifies. Goofy. It was just branding, right? Is I that, don't know. Okay. What? Is this really what they're doing? Because I've always thought this about this. You know how it says natural grade A beef? Oh, steroid free. Yes. I'm wondering if that's what they meant by that. Maybe. if It's like a joke, but it's also not. Whether it's that or just a weird catchphrase, it's bad. Yeah. Either way, it's stupid. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the show. I will say this. Certainly a pleasant waste of my time, Quinn. Yeah, usual superstars fair. It was like easy to watch. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I don't know if Merkel picked this because it was supposed to be really bad or something, or I, well, I don't know Lee why. Cassidy and the 
Lance Cassidy kid or whatever. The other Cassidy. Yeah. David Cassidy. But uh, no, it was bad, but it wasn't bad. I don't know how else to say it. It was ho-hum, as they say in the industry. It was both. Yeah, Yeah, it was both ho and hum. The thing is, Quinn, when I watch Superstars, Uh I'm not stupid. I don't expect it to have good wrestling. Eh, It never does. If you're like expecting to turn on that, like, oh, I can't wait to have good wrestling matches. I will say this, though. There was a lot of weird shit on this. Like, it was a very... weird. There was a lot of weird stuff, like Brett against some fat guy. Brett against a jobber was just odd for some reason. I um, I think the jobber didn't fit Bret Hart. Yeah, it wasn't a good enough job. Also, like, Ric Flair, like, kind of, like, transitioning out of being WF champion. Like, almost, like, it's too on the nose. Like, you can just tell. He's just like, I don't want to fucking... He barely tried in that like, promo. Fuck this belt and all this shit. Uh, I'm out of here. The weirdest part was probably Lance Cassidy, though. Yeah, Lance uh, Cassidy, 100%. <laughs> but it was okay. It didn't offend me, because, again, yeah. I don't turn on superstars expecting to see classic matches. It was interesting. Though. Yeah, it was fine. It was, like... Fine. Also, that Sergeant Slaughter shit was weird, though. They're really harping on that one, weren't they? I never even knew that was a thing. Oh, yeah, I, no, it I is. didn't know he was, like, commissioner or whatever back then. He was Jack Tunney's special, like, enforcer or something. I had no idea totally about that. I, that went up right over my head. That's I didn't right. even know about it. But, folks, we hope this show didn't go over your head, as we have romped you through yet again another week in the world of retro wrestling. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, if you don't yet, at OVP Podcast. Email us, ovppodcast at gmail.com. Tell you what, join the group if you want to talk to other retro wrestling fanatics and be a part of all the voting and things that we do. And if you want to support the show, we really would appreciate it. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast or just leave us a review on iTunes. That's good, too. You could do that as well. But until next week, until next time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. You know, champ, ever since you won the WWF championship for the second time, we've been on a roll. Well, now, Ultimate Warrior, you're standing in the way. You face the fact you're just way outclassed. Look at it like this, big man. This is Mr. Perfect. I'm the nature boy. We're in control. We're kiss stealing, we're wheeling, dealing. We're styling, we're profiling. But most of all, Ultimate Warrior, we're in control of this. That championship that means the world. The ultimate maniac. The ultimate warrior. Come on, boys. You're looking at the big time. Woo! It never nature boy Ric Flair had to be written. A pair of crosses sunglasses that the ultimate warrior walked the line between lunacy and being a maniac. But if you are Ric Flair, close to being anything of a nature boy, then go back to the woods, go back to nature and find out all about surviving for a Survivor Series. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, and the Ultimate Warrior are going to destroy you and company, Razor Ramon. But for the World Wrestling Federation title, championship belt, WWF, go, 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 go.